boy, oh buddy, boy, oh. Okay, here we go. Ready? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Big Time Episode 90 of NerdPod Generations. As always, I am one of your illustrious host, Steve Taylor, along with the beautiful Al Jetsum. Hello, sir. Hello, friends and enemies. Whew! Boy, is this going to be an episode, folks. Uh, yeah, that is the deep sigh that everyone uh, in that theater felt, except for the no, the mouth breathers. They liked the movie. There were a few people that were like, ugh, but, yeah. but for the most part, most of us that weren't on our phones yeah. were, uh, were kind of, Yeah. And if you're curious of what we're talking about, folks, today is our reaction review to a movie we just saw, which was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. So how we're going to work today's is we're going to start with what we've been watching, playing, reading, which is how we normally start each episode. We're we we going to talk about the movie trailers. About. Yep, movie trailers that came out during the Super Bowl, which luckily we got a full refresher course before yes, this movie. Yes, The 28 minutes prior to this movie starting from when it was supposed to start. Yep. And then we are going into our brief, spoiler-free, like, brief. little review, little quick synopsis of what we thought of the movie and then we're and gonna then go into spoiler time heavy spoilers yes yeah so, so we're, we're gonna drop a few of you guys off at uh just outside of town yes outside of spoiler town uh there's a nice airbnb there grab some burgers there's great stuff to have and then you can experience this wonderful masterpiece for yourself because i highly recommend listening to the spoiler film the rest of us are going to spoiler town yes. to tell you about the shit show that yes. you don't need to go out yes. and see because the rants for those of you who have not heard our show before, first off, welcome. Mm. This is NerdPod Generations, episode 90, so that means there are 89 previous golden episodes. And amongst those 89 episodes are quite a few rants. Oh, yeah. And I our know. rants are our best episodes. Do we get upset about things, especially irrelevant things? Okay. I just need you to not hit the table during this I episode. can't hit the table because no. I don't want to have to re-kajigger this whole whatever. The microphone, yes. Because yeah, no. that the microphone always goes out. And we are very passionate nerds. Yes. And we get very passionate about Marvel, especially when they take the cannon and take a big poop on it. So. I've said it before. <clears throat> I'll remind everybody again in 20 minutes. The Wasp is one of my favorite characters in yeah. Marvel history. And little taste. I don't know how you have a movie called Ant-Man and the Wasp and have two versions of the Wasp in it and have no Wasp in your movie. I don't know how you did it. You did it. I don't know how, but you did it. That was a little little taste, folks. A little appetizer of the main course coming. But first off, we got to talk about our trailers. Yeah. Okay. So a few that we're going to blow off because we didn't learn much in them. A, Indiana Jones trailer. Yeah, we didn't learn anything new. I mean, we... it was almost a carbon copy of the first trailer. Yeah, we saw that the de-aging is going to look good yes which we are also that's another base that we're going to touch mark that for later yeah that's one of the Chekhov's guns but it, you know it looks fine yeah the problem isn't that it looks bad the problem is that the last one was an atomic bomb yeah literally and metaphorically and in the last one the trailer looked, looked good great and then the movie. I was so hyped to oh, see that movie. Hyped. I was so ready. Yes. Mm, not going in that room again. And man. the one thing I'm surprised no one's talked about is everyone's mentioning the Harrison Ford de-aging. There's that scene of Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. And he's de-aging. He's that looks really too. good. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know why they're not talking about him. Like, he's know. the main villain of this movie. So it's like, maybe bring him up. See, this is my thing, is that every time I'm like... Oh, X is here, and therefore Y is a possibility. Mm. Mads Mikkelsen is here, therefore the movie could be good. Boyd Holbrook, he's in the movie. I love Boyd Holbrook. The movie could be good. Kate Blanchett was in the last one. <laughs> but this is the part of the equation, I think, that was missing in the last one. 
every Indiana Jones with Nazis is good. Also, something that was missing in the last one, or rather added to, is this weird leather jacketed pile of shit that people keep referring to as Shia LaBeouf. Oh, shitty LaBeouf, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his monkey crew. He has a monkey crew now, too. Oh, my God. Oh my god! Let's. I can't. I can't think about the CGI monkeys. Through the they trees. brought back Karen Allen in the last one. I'm not falling for it. I'm no. not. I, you can show me a great cast. You can show me all kinds of possibilities. You can tell me that the CGI is going to be great. Last time you used that CGI to make a giant atomic cloud and little gophers. I can't. I yeah. can't give you carte blanche on this, man. I can't do it. And awful ants. Yes. Oh god! Awful Come ants. on. So journey's out on that one. We'll see. So then we got to roll into Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yes. Which, once again, this trailer, very similar to the first one. Here's the thing. Marvel makes a fucking great trailer. They do. Okay, Marvel makes a fucking great trailer. And whether it's Thor Love and Thunder, or Ant-Man Quantumania, or fucking Guardians 3. Okay? We we saw the trailer for all these movies, we are like, oh, but what if? But what if they got it right? But what if we could go back and have it be a good Marvel movie? But what if? And then... You get there, mm-hmm. and you have to deal with the bullshit of it all. The daring of it all. What? Uh, uh, never mind. We're going to yeah. get to that. But, like, I... It's I, the music. Marvel picks right. the best music, the perfect music for their trailers. Yeah. And that gets you... Like, they know that music plays a huge part, a la Quentin Tarantino and all yeah. his movies, plays a massive part in getting you excited for something. And they picked the greatest songs. Well, they learned with Guardians 1 that the soundtrack can sell the movie alone. Oh, yeah. You don't need to have anybody know who the fuck the Guardians of the Galaxy are if you have a great soundtrack. Because yeah. I may never watch the Guardians of the Galaxy movie again, but I will listen to that soundtrack exactly. constantly. It's a great soundtrack. It's fantastic. Same with the second movie soundtrack's yeah. great. <clears throat> yeah, we're not talking about the second movie. Um, but this is the thing. This because we got to talk about the second movie because this is the thing is that I'm watching this trailer uh-huh. and I'm going through and I'm you know I'm I'm actually seeing for the first time what their their actual plan is, and I'm looking at this character. I'm like, who is it? Who is it? I'm like, oh, it's got to be the High Evolutionary, right? Because mm-hmm. you have Adam Warlock and you have all these weird animal hybrids, uh-huh. and I was like, okay, so it's got to be the High Evolutionary, okay? And you have all this stuff happening, and you have the original Guardians costumes, okay? And you have Rocket's backstory, okay. And you have Rocket's otter love interest, okay. You're gonna blow it. You're gonna. I don't believe you. Gonna <laughs> You're pull, gonna blow it. Gonna pull a Modak. You're gonna fucking yeah. blow it. Cause like at the end of the day, <clears throat> even if all these things look cool, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm interested to see what you're doing, and it's like, oh, it's James Gunn with bright colors, and oh, it's fun. And it's speaking a, of bright a, colors, though, what's with the spacesuits looking like Among Us? Yeah. Like, when they all jumped out, it looked like the is game. Is there a prison break? What is going I don't on know. with that sequence? There's a new Gamora, which might be the old Gamora, which is not the old, old Gamora, but rather a middle ground Gamora, who we don't know what happened because we've had two instances of the Guardians coming into stories since then, and no one's addressed what happened to Gamora. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> did you all leave Earth? And the Gamora that came back in time, you just, like, you looked at her and you were like, oh, no, never mind, we're not gonna, no, we're not gonna, no, we'll take Thor, but not you. So, what has she been doing this whole time? Yeah. Why is she here now? Why didn't they pick her up at the end of Endgame? These are all stor- These are all questions no one's actually going to answer in this movie. Yeah. And it, it, it's, I, I look at it and I say, okay, so there's a lot mm-hmm. of interesting concepts here. Mm-hmm. You're gonna fuck up Drax. 
you're gonna fuck up Mantis. I'm gonna have to deal with those two pains in my ass. You're gonna continue to try and force Sean Gunn to be a thing. He oh is my God. not a he thing. He's not a thing. Okay? Michael Rooker as Yondu was good. He brought things to the yes. table. Sean Gunn as Yondu Light, terrible. Yes. Terrible. I agree. And then at the end of it, you have Chris Pratt. So like, yeah, you have Karen Gillan over here, and I love Karen Gillan, and you underutilize her to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. And then you end the trailer with this stupid joke about how Star-Lord and Nebula should be together, and Star-Lord, for some reason, leans into it. And I'm just like, who is this for? (laughs) What? I don't believe you! Because you can show me all this cool stuff, and you can put it on a great soundtrack, and you can do all these things. It's gonna be this. Yes. It's gonna be this Nebula scene for the whole movie. Yes. It's gonna be two and a half hours of tracks you can't lay on that couch. Why? It's a couch. I should be able to lay on it. I, I will fucking put my foot in your mouth and just shove it down your throat i swear mm. to god i cannot i cannot deal with you and that's what it's gonna be yeah that's what it's gonna be and and everything else all the possibilities of cool things that we could get out of this they're all gonna be overshadowed by the mountain of dumb bullshit we're mm-hmm. gonna have to dig through to get at anything even reasonably cool mm-hmm. and i still don't think this guy can play adam warlock no <laughs> It's because he's not pretty enough for you, He's Al. supposed to be the ultimate <laughs> human! He's the ultimate life form, and he can't look like Will Poulter! Yeah. Okay? Like, listen, you want to have Spider-Man look like he has a frog in his mouth? Fine. Fine. I'll I'll put up with it. It's, believe me, if we're talking about overshadowed by a mountain of bullshit, there's a lot of other oh, problems God, I have yeah. over his stupid coming. frog mouth. Yeah. He's supposed to be the ultimate life form! He can't look! like this yeah it's like everybody Still, being like jesse plemons is hot how how yeah i don't understand that one i don't understand he has a movie where elizabeth olsen comes to him and says let's cheat on our spouses together why him because he was in breaking bad I'm just <laughs> she must be a fan Come i don't on understand yeah my big my big thing and i, and I mentioned this to you before is I just can't stand Chris Pratt anymore. Yeah, he's him and Jennifer Lawrence are in a special category for me. Have where you I got put a them, movie for you? Yeah, Passengers. But you put them in the best. You can put them in the best movie, being the lead or the secondary, and I just wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, because I care less about them. And I in it, I don't know if it's oversaturation or the the you know the the charm that they may have carried in their earlier roles. Just burned out. Well, Chris Pratt no longer has the Andy Dwyer charm that he had. Yes. If he was 50 pounds heavier and a lot stupider and a lot less religious, I think, and he hadn't broken up with Anna Faris for... So he could marry Marry Schwarzenegger's daughter? (laughs) Like, I... I think Uh we would all kind of tolerate Chris Pratt more if he was closer to that year of his life. But we've had... What, it's been seven years, eight years now? Yeah. Where we've really gotten to know Chris Pratt as a human. And yeah. it's not that he's a bad guy, but he's a bad guy. Yeah. And it's not even his personal life. It's like even in the films, like you mentioned this, Ryan Reynolds pulls it off because he is one of the most charming human beings alive. Yeah. He can pull off playing Ryan Reynolds in every movie. But Chris Pratt plays Chris Pratt in every movie, and it's just... Not good. Well, he plays variations of Chris Pratt. Yeah. Sometimes he's a goofier Chris Pratt. Sometimes he's a more Republican oh, like Chris Pratt. Sometimes... Awful action movie he did for Amazon. Yeah. What was Tomorrow the... World. Oh, my God. That was, was horrible. Yeah. And, like, 
Then you have mm-hmm. stuff like uh, Jurassic World, where he plays like this ex-marine. He plays a lot of marines or yeah. ex-marines. A lot of tough guys. And when he plays a marine, he has a very specific way that he plays the marine. Mm-hmm. And it's just I don't find him charming anymore. No, not at all. It's not just gone. All. That well's tapped. And unfortunately, he's Mario. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go into that. Yes. Now, the trailer we saw tonight was the one, the old one. That's the old one. We've seen that one. They had the Super Bowl one, which was that quick, Mm -hmm. like, almost like an advertisement for Mario Brothers plumbing. It was a 30-second ad with 10 seconds of almost dead air at the end. Yeah. It was very weird. That was very weird, but I did love that they used the Mario Brothers theme from the Captain Lou Albano TV show. I, here's my thing. What? I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know the canon, right? Okay. I, silly me, in all the time I've spent playing Mario of various kinds mm. for any number of generations of consoles, mm. I never got the bit that he's a plumber from Brooklyn. Mm. We keep coming back to this point. Why? But he doesn't need to be. That's not a thing. There's not a thing at the beginning of every Mario game where they gotta go to Brooklyn and retrieve yeah, Mario. Yeah, but this is a film. They gotta but do it's the, every time. But they gotta do the origin story. But this is the thing. I don't think it's an origin story. I call bullshit and shenanigans. I don't think... Well, that, it's showing him go to the, the Mushroom I, Kingdom I, for the first time. I don't think when Miyamoto wrote Mario, mm. he wrote Mario as an outsider to the Mushroom no. Kingdom. I know this because he's a star child in canon. Yeah. So he's definitely not from Brooklyn. And we keep doing this thing where it's like, but how funny would it be if he's a plumber from Brooklyn? Yeah. It's not! It's not a good bit! Why do we keep doing it? Because they wrote a big check with Miyamoto's name on it. <laughs> they said he's a plumber from Brooklyn. Now I, he's like, all right. I. It's the stupidest bit. Yeah. It's so dumb. How are we going to explain Wario? Is Wario also that a plumber from Brooklyn? Is he a plumber from San Francisco? What bullshit nonsense See, the only thing I can think about with the Wario is there's some kind of like He's going to get thing. cloned or he's exactly. going to get gassed or something. But you know what you could do? Have them both be star children. Yeah. Like canon. Would it kill you? It's not a funny bit. Why are we killing ourselves for this stupid bit? He should be from the Mushroom Kingdom to begin with. This is such a dumb bit. Well, because they're two canons. There's yeah, the, OG the one canon. that everybody says isn't canon, and the one that everybody says is canon. So there's this giant glass cannon well, that you can't use well, and is terrible, and there's this actual functioning cannon over here. And everybody's like, but let's go fire the glass cannon. But see, the thing is, is back when the game came out and the Star Child thing was a thing, also... People like me grew up with the... The Mario TV show. Which had them as plumbers. Yes. And so we had the dueling things happen at once. had Toad taking the top of his head off. Yeah. Because it was a hat. Yeah. Not the top of his head. But it's like the show was so niche. Then why are we catering an entire movie to it? Because... I think it grounds it in reality. But I don't want... Yeah, that well, worked I out so well for Hoskins. It. Hoskins movie, that was no, a No, that was a success. horror show. But we show. grounded it in reality. That was a horror Stop show. Stop grounding it in reality. That it's not reality. Show. That movie never happened. Mario is a fever dream. Yeah. All right? It's an existential nightmare if you try and put together the whole thing logically. Well, think about it. Even Mario 2. That has some level of, of logic and, and rationality to it because it's a dream. It's a dream. But, like... What I'm saying is that Mario is so avant-garde as a uh-huh. concept. You're just a guy. You're dropped in this world, right? We don't see him get dropped off in a van. 
He doesn't take out wrenches. He's not like throwing around. Well, wrenches. here's here's my last thing though. The very first Mario game. There are game, Hammer Brothers. The very first and Mario game. And they're not the Mario Brothers. Was the Mario Brothers was yes. the very first game of yeah. them in sewers mm-hmm. fighting turtles. Fighting turtles. But it wasn't in sewers in Mushroom Kingdom. It was just in the sewers. Well, it they wasn't. don't say where. They don't say Brooklyn. It wasn't not in the Mushroom Kingdom. It either. wasn't not. But we were like, in Schrodinger sewers. Legitimately. <laughs> There's a gray area there of what the true I, origin is of let, Mario. Let me put it this way. There's not, because we, we've we learned what the true origins of Mario well, is. But if we're going to go from like the original... Okay, let's say this. Yes. I can understand why they're doing it. I can't. I can't. I, it's the one thing that I can't. But it's like, I'm behind. trying to understand it from an outside perspective. Yeah. Where... It's like how a lot of these video game to to real movie adaptations or animated movie adaptations change the lore of things. Yeah. It can either be done poorly, like Resident Evil. Like Ant-Man Quantumania. Ant-Man, well, yeah. Or they can do it in a way that it's not completely insane and it will make it easier for people who have never played Mario, who don't understand the lore. no. No. There are no, people no, that no, no, have never no. played Mario. Okay, but here's the thing. Why are we slowing the bus down to pick them up? Because that's... It's a tenth of the population! Money. No, no, no. Money, money. is catering to the 90% of the population who already know this shit. Still money. But you... For the 10% you, of people... You tell an executive, screw 10%, and they'll be like, go fuck yourself. We're I'm getting that saying, 10 Because the 90% are still gonna see it. No, but what I'm saying is... Functionally, mm-hmm. doesn't it make more sense for Mario and Luigi to just be two people who live somewhere in the Mushroom Kingdom and they get called upon through circumstances mm-hmm. of one kind or another to handle a large problem as opposed to, we got to go to New Donk City, baby. We got to get them out of New Donk City. We got to bring them over here. We're going to jump down the voice. That's like, where you're going. I just... <laughs> It's so stupid to me. It's so stupid. It's 15 minutes of film time we're not going to get back so that we can set this all up. Why? Why? We could use that for so many other things. Uh I don't... Anyway. That was a good rant. That was a fantastic one. We haven't even gotten into Ant-Man yet. We're just talking about a stupid trailer to a movie we haven't seen yet. I'm punchy and fired up. I watched the stupid two-and-a-half-hour movie, and I haven't gotten to talk about it yet, and I'm all punchy and fired up. All right, before we get to the big trailer... We've got to talk about the good trailer at some point, Before we get to the good trailer, i got to bring up Stray. Did you see this trailer? I can't sit through Stray because it makes my heart hurt. Why does it make your heart hurt? Because it's such terrible animal abuse. It's so bad. But it's... I know they're CGI dogs. I don't care. It's, it's, they're not CGI dogs. They're, it looks like they're well, real they're dogs. They're CGI faces. The mouth. Yeah. Yes. But it's... Like, as much as I am not a dog fan, I am in a root for the dogs in this movie because it is a revenge story with the dogs being John Wick. No, I get that. But, like, I... the. Mm. It's just a line where he says, I'm going back. And they're like, don't go back. What do you mean? I'm going to bite his dick off. I was like, yes! That's awesome! I, mm. It it reminds me of kind of like the sausage party vibes where you go into it not knowing what you're gonna get and mm-hmm. then you're gonna see some shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. There was just something about it that I just like. I got to the scene of them drinking beer out of garbage bags uh-huh. and I was just like, I can't, 
It's going to be interesting. I can't do it. I want to see how far they go. I can't do it, man. Yeah. And also, it's like, your pull is Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. I'm not I honestly didn't know it was Will Ferrell and Jamie Foxx. I had no idea it was Will Ferrell at first, yeah. to be honest with you. I did. I knew it was Jamie Foxx. <laughs> I heard his voice, and I was like, that's fucking Will Yeah, that just has been a while for him. Okay, yeah. so we got to get to the big trailer. Let's talk about the good one. We talked about a lot of bad trailers. Let's talk about a good trailer for a movie that we didn't think was ever going to happen. Yeah. Which it might they still get canceled. It might still get it well, could still get canceled. And now that James Gunn said it's the one of the best, if not the best superhero movie he ever saw, I I don't think it's gonna get canceled. Especially putting the trailer out. Like putting this I think this solidifies yeah. that this movie's coming out. We're talking about the flash I think it should be point. Yeah. It should be the flash point. Yeah. It shouldn't be the flash. Or it yeah. shouldn't be flash. It should, it should be, be or even if you want to call it flash Point. Point paradox or whatever. Or just like just like flash space point. point. Yeah. Fine. But it I think the flashpoint is yeah. a great title for it. Well, it's sad to me that there's so many people that have never heard of this comic, the, yeah. the animated movie, whatever. And it's like, dude, that's such a great story. Yeah, and it listen, I get it. It's a lot of this is numbers. Mm. All right. I'm looking at this, I've seen this scene in the Flash TV show. Like for four and a half seasons, <laughs> this was like the beginning of the show. It just mm. kept on coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back. So like I, yeah, that scene of Barry out on the suburban street looking at his old house, seen it so many fucking times. This still looks really interesting. It does. It looks really interesting, and it looks like he was closer to the Flashpoint paradox that you and I love. Yes, but like instead of Thomas Wayne, it's which I love. Michael Keaton is Batman back. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to see Thomas Wayne. I still think this would have been the great point to put Jeffrey Dean Morgan as yes! Thomas Wayne. Yes! Ah! Super violent vigilante Batman. Come on! It would have been so cool! But we would have all lost our minds in that stupid moment from Batman vs. Superman that everybody made fun of for so long yes. would finally have payoff! Yes. But Michael Keaton looks great. And... I have never, I don't remember the last time I was as giddy mm-hmm. as when he says I'm Batman and they play his music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. And he doesn't, it's not like, oh, it's the Tim Burton Batman. He's like a pushover. It's like, no, this Batman fucks. Yeah. Like he's kicks, kicks the ass, which I'm wondering because they show a quick scene of him out of costume and he's got the, like, obviously yeah. he's older. I'm wondering if they're going to do kind of what they did in the Crisis of Infinite Earths with um, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy, he played Batman. And he had like an exoskeleton almost. That's I'm what I was waiting for. I was waiting for the Batman Beyond suit, where it's like oh, an exoskeleton yes. with jet boots and wings and like the the whole nine yards. But I'm wondering. I'm assuming they're going to have to do something like that because they show him kicking some serious ass. Yeah. And it's like if you're playing him off as a 65 year old man. Or however old Michael Keane is, still kicking ass like this. I mean, he doesn't have superpowers, so it's not going to be at all viable unless he has some kind of tech. We've seen uh, The Dark Knight Returns, and we know where he's old. Yes. So we know what that story should feel like in terms of, like, Bruce is 60. (laughs) Yeah, he's fucking old. We've seen Bruce at 60. We know what Bruce at 60 is supposed to look like. Yeah. So I agree with you. I I do need to, to see how they land all this. Uh, we were talking before the idea of having two Ezra Millers kind of playing off each other is an yeah. interesting decision. I think that, like, and, and kind of what your concern was, I think it can make for some cringeworthy humor. Yeah, 
that I'm not excited for. Because you're going to have Barry from our universe and Barry from this universe. Yeah. And they're going to be in conflict or yeah. not. And it's just going to be like, oh, we have to bring, I guess, it, maybe at some point they're going to give both of them powers because well, we it's see that Barry scene. in a black suit. Well, it's that scene where they have the electricity passing. Yeah. It reminds me of how when Barry in the Flashpoint Paradox Loses doesn't have his powers. his powers and has to get them back. If he gets it for him and yeah. his, I was thinking the exact doppelganger. same thing. But I if mean, it is his scene, it looks just like it. But if it is his doppelganger, then he wouldn't need to get his powers back because by being there, he would already have his powers. He wouldn't be able to be there and have a doppelganger and not have his powers. Unless the doppelganger Has just doesn't powers. have powers in this. That's what universe. I think is that yeah. he's going to have powers. The doppelganger doesn't have powers, yeah. or maybe he's going to be given powers at some point. I don't know. Because there is another Flash. Yeah. Running around here, which you and I hoped it would be Wally West, but we're gonna say, I don't know. But it's, it's gonna be the other Ezra Miller or some reasonable facsimile. Yeah, the trailer looks great. I'm it just very great. curious on if they can stick. Like we say with a lot of these trailers, can you stick the landing? How are you actually gonna pull this off? Yeah, because the the table settings you've put down look mm. great. Looks fantastic. Now is this actually gonna be a full meal? Let's find out. And how is this? Because I believe he said this was like the starting off point. Yeah, for they're going to reset universe. the universe. So how? Okay, I don't know why we haven't talked about this yet. Supergirl looked, looked fucking, fucking awesome. Great. Yeah, and I love how they utilized her like Superman in the Flashpoint paradox, where she's an alien captured room. and she's in the yeah the sunroom. That looks so awesome, and yeah. then. Batman releases her. She absorbs the sun's race and just starts kicking everyone's ass. Yeah. And it looked so great. Well, and was, then her in the outfit looked great. And that was the thing was that I was watching it and he, Batman's like, we survive. And then Supergirl shows up and I'm like, oh, it's Connor. Hey, Superboy. And then she's like, my name's Car. I'm like, oh. No, I really like this trailer. Oh, so I'm, good. I really hope this sticks to the landing. Mm. The last few years, DC movies have been more interesting to me than Marvel movies by country. Oh, now. yeah. So and like, I'm very curious about this new direction they're going. Yeah. You're resetting the universe. This is a big deal. And you're resetting it through Flashpoint, not Crisis. If you had done Crisis, it would have hewed too close to what Marvel is trying to set up. It would have been, once again, one of those situations of DC jumped right to Crisis, whereas Marvel's doing the yeah. the incursion storyline over the course of four years. So it's like a different like setup. Maybe in 10 years after a bunch of movies, they could do Crisis because it'll be far enough away from when Marvel... Because Kang Dynasty is going to wrap up in the next, like, four years. Yeah. So it'll give them a little bit of a buffer that if they do it, it'll be seem fresher. Also, if you just do it better, I'm going to be fully honest with you. The MCU versions of the multiverse have all been pretty below average. Yeah. You know. Because, so like, like, we talked about, they're just so inconsistent. They're so inconsistent. Yeah. We're going to get to this with Kang. The, the key with a good multiverse time travel story is consistency. Yeah. So it's not that everything has to be the same. It's that you establish a linear line, mm -hmm. and then you show the derivations from that linear line. Mm -hmm. And that's what gives you the good storyline. Or in the case of a good time travel story, you want to say, this is how things go. Mm. And then as you go through the story, you see that that's how things go. Yeah. And it's like, if you choose not to do those things, which you mm. can, a la Endgame, fine. You better have a good plan. Yeah. And so far, it doesn't seem like they have a plan. I and it's it's a shame. Okay, I think we need to jump into Yeah, we're out of trailers. It's time. Okay, so this is our this is our spoiler free portion. It's only yeah. gonna be a couple minutes. Yeah. Um I, I think we start off with our grades. Yeah, I was about to say, let's start with grades. 
I'm giving it a C. I think I'm also going to give it a C. Okay. Um, I will say this. The large portion of that grade being as high as it is, is Jonathan Majors as King. Yeah, he's, he does he a great character. He crushed it. I, the he, writing wasn't great at the end for his character. I was going to say, he crushed it to the degree that he was able to. Exactly. The scenes where he was able to emote and actually act, mm -hmm. fantastic. Maybe yeah. one of the best villains we've seen live action in, in, in the films. Yeah, this is since Thanos. The, you can tell that they're trying to set up another Thanos-like figure here. Yes. And this has a lot of that kind of Thanos feel of, like... This is a man, and he's tortured and broken, and he's seen things, and we don't understand what drove him to this point, but all we have to understand is what he's trying to do now. Yeah. And With much different, like, end games. Yeah. No pun intended for that. They both have much different philosophies on why yeah. they're doing things. Yeah. So we're not going to get into that too much, but it's it's definitely a flawed movie. A it's very flawed a movie. highly flawed movie. But um, if you like... Other Marvel movies, you're going to love it because it follows the Marvel program. Let me put it this way. If you like movies that hew closer to Independence Day than Blade Runner 2049, yes, you're going to love this because this is one of those movies where they show you a lot of cool stuff. And if you're thinking, you're like, but wait a minute, the implications of that would be, and then they say, da -da 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 -da. we're over here now. Yeah. And they do that a lot. Uh, no, but you... Um, you sparked on something because I was talking with um, someone I work with about how much I hate Man of Steel. Uh -huh. And the big thing with me with Man of Steel was always it had no heart. Yeah. That's what these Marvel movies, they have zero heart, soul, whatever you want to call it. They are a hollow shell of CGI. I would say they have no heart for the comic book OG fans. They have heart if you're a Marvel fan who's only known Marvel for the last 10 years. And you but it's not even don't know any of the comic books and you don't know any of the history and you just love watching Paul Rudd play Scott Lang. You're gonna love that. But like, if you even look at the sentimentality of these movies, it is so blatantly just by the book that that's where the heart thing. It's like I don't buy into any of the father daughter, no. father you know husband wife or whatever. I don't buy into any of those relationships because they are so poorly done mm -hmm. that it it just doesn't grip you. Like, it doesn't make you feel like we talked about with the third episode of The Last of Us. Yeah. You, you have a very simple, like, this is a simple, low-budget story about these two people who find each other. And there was more emotion and heart in that than all of the last Marvel movies for mm -hmm. quite a while put into one more believable exactly and like that's the thing they tell us that uh red guardian loves his daughters yes yeah, yeah he they does tell it. us that uh the black widow's family is is a family and they're gonna pull together i don't buy any yeah. of this not for a minute they tell us that aquafina can learn to be a, a archer in three days and shang chi can remaster this whole system of yeah. martial arts by just doing this one wind dance no no yeah. none of that actually works you know what did work was seeing photon come back from the snap and only to find out immediately that her mom died years ago yeah that's hard yes that's something that actually counts scott coming back and meeting cassie or as an adult. going back to wandavision wanda 
having a complete emotional breakdown during that whole series. And when you realize that's what's going on, you're like, Jesus Christ, that's deep. Yeah. Like, she's so fucked up. But they tell us stuff all the time in Marvel movies. And you're just supposed to take it as true. Yep. Regardless of what you're seeing, regardless of the acting, regardless of the writing, regardless Mm -hmm. of how shallow certain interactions are, you're supposed to be like, oh, no, these people do truly care about each other. And it's Mm -hmm. like, ah. If you say so, I don't see it. Yeah. I I just don't see it. Or, in the case of some things, which we'll get to mm. in the spoiler part, it's fully cut out of the movie. Yeah. Or just fully written out of the movie. Maybe it was never even shot. Yeah. So, like, you just end up with these sequences where it's like, why is the Wasp in this movie? Mm-hmm. Because, like, for the life of me, I can't figure it out. She it seems to serve only one purpose. Yeah. We're not going to get into it. But, like, why? Why this? This is... If you wanted heart and emotion in your movie, it's here. You're just not cashing in on no. any of it. And it's like it's it's something they've done. I think the last, like, relationship, let's say, that I felt that really touched me was Tony Stark and his daughter in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Like, that relationship, that interaction between those two actors... Was very well done. Yeah. And very believable. And you did feel crushed. Not as much him and Pepper. Which, mm-hmm. like, at the end when she's, like, kneeling and crying and, like, everyone else is kneeling. It's like... Well, that was the whole thing with Pepper was that... I mean, there's there's the backstory and the actual story yeah. of, like, Gwyneth Paltrow wanted out. You know, so they, they were experimenting with ways to write her out of the story and all these blah, blah, blah. But you see the end of Iron Man 3 and you're like... She, but she's done with him, right? Yeah. Like, there's no reason that she would stay with him. No, she does. Yeah. Why? And then you get to Infinity War, and she's there, and you're like, why? <laughs> and you get to Endgame, and she has a suit, and you're like, why? There's no reason for this. Because they finally paid Gwyneth Paltrow enough money that she would come back. But yeah. the way she acts in a lot of those movies, you're like, she would totally leave him. Well, she didn't even... I saw an interview with her. It was her and Tom Holland. She didn't even know... She was in Spider-Man No Way Home at the end when it was supposed to be introduced. She had no, she forgot, she didn't even know what movie she was in. Yeah. It's like, you obviously don't give a shit if you don't know you're in the fucking movie. Well, she's got eggs to make and crystals to make. So. Well, yeah, there you go. And vagina smelling soap or whatever. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up. But. Well, it makes me bring my nachos up thinking about it. But um, anyway, but- the, the spoiler free review of this is just that. There's a lot of interesting ideas and concepts mm-hmm. brought up. They continue to pepper in ideas of the Young Avengers and where that's going. I do like some of the stuff with Cassie Lang. I find, you know, this isn't a spoiler because this is the beginning of the movie. The, the central conflict between Scott and Cassie mm-hmm. seems to be that Cassie wants him to still be a vigilante. And he's kind of given up being a vigilante. But they don't put it in those ways. Mm-hmm. And so she goes off and does things without him knowing and then gets arrested which mm-hmm. like i prefer to like she's just a troublemaker who gets arrested and he has to bust her out of jail because children are like their parents like okay i mm-hmm. like this dynamic i find this interesting it's buried beneath so much mm-hmm. frustrating just bad bad stuff badly yeah. written badly executed there's some good stuff in there but like the, i and the problem i'm having with a lot of marvel movies now is they're just so much cgi yeah. Like it, 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 oh, this, this is all movie, green re- screen. yeah, this movie reminded me of the prequels. Like it's just so much. But then you look at a movie like Avatar Two, which is all CGI, but it's done so fucking well yeah. that you're like, I I believe I'm in this environment. But yeah, that whole movie, 
all the CGI, it's like, I am looking at something fake. Yeah. And that's not what CGI is supposed to do. It's supposed to, you're supposed to believe you're in this world. We're going to get back to the blue cat people because that's that's the most damning thing about this. Yeah. Is that Avatar 2 just came out, and I understand that Ant-Man has a bunch of other plates that's spinning. It's not just doing what Avatar 2 is, which mm. is that it's really dedicating itself to the technology more than the story, more than anything else. It's dedicating itself to the technology. So Ant-Man's not going to do that. Mm. I get it. However... <laughs> This is pretty bad. The CGI yeah. at various points in this movie uh, is 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 it's really bad. It's yeah. there's one character in particular that oh, we're God. gonna get we'll, to. Yeah, we'll talk about that. It's atrocious. But like, bad. there were enough characters in this that you could have done practically. Yeah, and that's the problem. To where, like, going back to, well, we're gonna talk about the Last of Us next week, but episode five. That I can't remember the name of the creature that comes out of the ground. The gurgler or the burglar, whatever. whatever. But that was a practical costume yeah. effect. And it looked unbelievable. Like, it looked like he was real. Yeah. And it's like, you could have done that with so many of these characters that you have, like, close-up intimate situations with that are CGI. And it would have made it feel a little more, like, real. Yeah. And it's just like, it was so fake. It felt so fake. So Especially, fake. like, so... We we get into a few Marvel isms mm-hmm. uh, that that you know it wouldn't be a Marvel movie without this. So you have a faceless army because it wouldn't be a Marvel movie without a faceless army. Uh, quick note to Marvel: faceless army is about seven years old at this yeah. point. Really, since we saw Civil War and we saw what <laughs> it would be like if you had two teams of superheroes fighting each other, we were mm. like, "That's what we want." Yeah. And then you were like, "No, no, 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 no! What you want is faceless army," and I'm like. I don't think I want Faceless Army anymore. Right. I think by Endgame, Faceless Army needed to be done. We need to move on to spoilers. Yeah. We're getting so close. We're, We're dancing around spoilers. Up. All right, folks. So if you don't want to be spoiled, turn this off now. Yeah. If you want to be spoiled by the awesomeness you're about to hear... Please continue it's, listening. We're, um, the, the dirty little secret is that we're, we haven't just been taking you to Spoiler Town. We've been taking you to Spoiler Town via Rant City. Yes. So uh, buckle up. Oh, my God. So let's... Break this bad boy down. Okay, so it starts off, you kind of get a brief, not, it's not even really narrated. It shows Janet Van Dyke in the the quantum realm, Mm -hmm. and you see Kang arrive. Yeah. And that's how the movie starts. She's living on her own on some kind of quantum ranch. I call it the Obi-Wan ranch, because that's what it looked like. She she has these slug horses. Yeah. And Kang arrives. Yes. And then we cut to Scott Lang having the time of his life, Just narrating the... how great his life is, walking through San Francisco. How many Baskin Robin ads can you fit in one minute? Yeah, um, and then also the coffee. Hey, Spider Man! Spider Man! So wait, you know this guy well enough that you give him free food, and he supposedly saved your life, but you don't know who he is. Yeah. That's weird. That's the dumb comic relief that yeah. Marvel loves to do. That's really dumb. That it was doesn't really make any stupid. fucking sense. No. And by the end of the movie, when he does realize who he is, he starts charging him. But then he still calls him like Bugman. Bug Man. It's like, dude. Why? I don't get this joke, guys. I do not. It's get not this a joke. funny character. It it's was not so funny. stupid. It's not punchy. No. It's not good. No. I do not understand it. If the joke is still that Ant Man is irrelevant even after everything he's done. Hi. Yeah. Really quick. You could do Heroes for Hire <laughs> if, if it's a problem of irrelevancy. If you really wanted to, if you really wanted to, you could fix it. But you don't want to because you want to keep coming back to this joke that Ant-Man is a joke. 
But he's not. Yeah. Here's the stupid thing. We've had three movies, not to mention the other interactions that he's had, where he's had not just like a little impact, no pun intended, but like a massive yeah. ground-shaking impact. Yeah. The universe doesn't exist without Ant-Man. Yeah. And you're still going to be like, but Ant-Man's pointless. All he does is ants. <laughs> and it was a mi- to me it was a missed opportunity because you could easily have taken like a known comedian, mm-hmm. put them behind that counter, and have him be like, hey, Ant-Man, it's good to see you, and then charge him. Yeah. That would have been funny. That would, I can't thank you enough. The 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 actual yeah. miniaturized cars are better than any RC car I've ever had, man. You set me up for my daughter's birthday in yeah. ways I can't even believe. That's going to be 24 bucks. And then he like pushes the tip jars. Like something yeah. like simple like that instead of the... Well, once again, this is going to start our Marvel tropes. Yes. you got to have the, oh, I don't know who you are, even though there's a... F- Fucking sentinel sticking out of the middle of the ocean and through the middle of the earth, and there's all this shit, the blip that's happened. Somehow, and... apparently, people are completely or either completely unaware of what's going on, fully unaware of what's going on, yeah. or it's hell on earth. Yeah. Because supposedly, we finally get, for the first time since Falcon Winter Soldier, we finally get a reference to the fucking snap. Oh my god. Which is that there's a bunch of supposedly homeless people in the park, but they're not homeless. They're people that were snapped and came back and they don't have anywhere to live because their homes have been taken and yeah. everything is way too expensive for them to do anything because they've been gone for five years. And their accounts have all been closed. And I'm like, here's some interesting stuff. Are we going to do anything with it? No! <laughs> we're going to have it be... Not even close. We're going to have it be Cassie Lang's character influence. We're going to yes. fridge that idea so we can have Cassie Lang come in and be like, but someone has to defend them. And it's like, I like this concept. Could this be the movie? No? No. Okay. You sure? There's not enough CGI in that storyline. But are you sure? They have a CGI budget. They got to fit. They can shrink. So then we find out, after he bails Cassie out of prison, that her, Hank, and... Um, and Hope. Hope have been creating this, like, beacon well, we get to this... help map the quantum realm. I, I, I'm beating this horse to death. Okay. As a wasp man. As a wasp man. We finally got a moment of the wasp. It was like the last movie where they gave us the briefest moment of the wasp, and you're like, oh, there it is. That's it. When they That's go it. have beers on top of the Golden Gate Bridge? No. Well, sort of. When we see Hope running Pimtech. Yes. That's Janet. That's Janet. This, all of this, this is Janet. Saving yeah. the world, figuring everything out, solving problems on a nuclear basis, mm-hmm. super smart, capable of anything. That's Jan. That's the Jan we should have had this whole fucking time. That's Jan. And we spent a third of a second on it. Yeah. And then, again, <laughs> we don't need to have hope have a and character in this movie. It's because the Marvel, it, like, like many other um, franchises, are trying to integrate females more into the main storyline. So here you have... Not only a character who's as strong as the male lead. He, she's better than the male lead. Far smarter. Smarter, more, more capable. More powerful, has more a capable. Better suit, but more she easily number two. Oh, she's number four. Yeah, that's true. She is number four. She's under Hank. It's like you have your opportunities and you, instead of forcing it in some opportunities, you have a perfect golden opportunity to introduce the strong character. And it is played by Evangeline Lilly, who everybody knows who Evangeline Lilly is. Well, I think that's the issue is that I think, if I remember correctly, Evangeline Lilly came out as an anti-vaxxer at the beginning of the COVID vaccine. Yeah, I can't remember. It was one of those like... It wasn't that she didn't believe in it. It was that she didn't want to be forced to take it. 
She was the female Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's why she's been eschewed to the sides of this movie, where basically she just asks Jan, why haven't you told me this before? Yeah. Rinse, repeat. That's her role. Or she comes in and saves Scott at the very last moment. And, like, she has, like, two or three cool things she does. But for this super powerful woman who's highly capable, more capable than anybody else on the team, she should be leading the team. I don't like Hope, but... If this is my alternative to Jan, I'll take it. Yeah. Except we can't even have that because no. you've just pushed her so far to the side that Hank and his aunts are legitimately a more influential element of this story than the Wasp. Oh, by far. The second Ant-Man. They literally save. The movie. The ants save the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The The movie doesn't end well without the ants. Yeah. The ants are the first deus ex machina of three deus ex machinas yeah. in this movie. So as long as we're in spoiler town. And you have, once again, three strong female characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. And it takes the two men and some ants to save the day. Yeah. It's like, why? Oh, but Cassie, also known as Stature, in yeah. case I refer to her as Stature during this because I'm used to her being Stature, mm-hmm. not Cassie Lang. What does Cassie do in this story? What's the one thing that she does to influence the end of the story? She's the emotional buffer for oh Modoc. She's the one that gets to come over to Modoc and say, but maybe if you weren't so emotionally stunted, you would be a better human being. Because she's a woman, and she needs to be the one to tell the men to feel things and have emotions. And going off of our what I said before of the fact that she 1,000% fits into the Marvel mode. Not, not her, okay, not her. The Modoc storyline. Yeah. How is that not the same as Scourge in Thor Ragnarok? Where you have this guy, he's like the bad guy, he's helping out the bad guy, and then all of a sudden somebody turns him and he helps them and then he dies. Yeah. It's like, it was the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. And I'm watching it like, what the, f- what the Wait, fuck? We're going to have to get into Modoc. Like, that's Modoc's a whole a, different thing. Modoc's going to be its own section of the show. That's going to be a so, rant in its own But we got to get there first, so. Okay, so we, she creates this beacon. She, Cassie creates this beacon with... Hank. Hank. At no point does anybody talk to Jan about whether this is or isn't a good idea. And Jan also doesn't really want to talk about what happened in the quantum Of course, realm. because that makes it easy, which I yeah. hate that trope where That's it's like, so I don't want to lazy. talk about it. Yeah. It's the laziest bullshit. It absolutely of is. Of just like, everybody goes to Jan and they're like, but what happened in the quantum realm? And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. And then they build a quantum realm beacon. Yeah. And she's like, how could you have done this? And it's like, what do you mean? You didn't tell them anything. And she, and freaking Evangeline Lily, Hope actually says that. She goes, I asked you and you wouldn't fucking tell me anything. You wouldn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's why. And like, also, how stunted was her reaction? Because like, oh. the way this goes is that Cassie, they're, they're showing Scott this thing that Cassie's been working on. So Cassie puts this thing on the table and gets it all mm. out and starts putting it together. And she's explaining what's happening. And she's talking about the quantum realm. And by now, Jan's little warning light should be going off. Jan's just sitting there calmly. Like, yeah. oh, where's this going? Oh, the quantum realm, huh? That's interesting. It's oh, not until she says it's a two-way radio where well, she's, she's like, they say it's a, sending signals. It's a satellite to the quantum realm. Oh, okay. What do you think a satellite does? It sends signals. It sends signals! Yes. And it's not until someone says, oh, it's sending signals down to the quantum realm that Jan's like, oh my god, you got to turn it off right now. Yeah. What do you think a satellite does? Yeah. What exactly do you think a satellite does? Yeah. It transmits information. But now here's the thing that I have to ask you about with this. So Kang is stuck in the quantum realm. Yes. He can't get out. Yes. You assume he wouldn't be able to pull people in. But he creates this portal... 
or Modok does, or wherever you want. They never explain how. They never explain how. They it's say like, that Modok is able to latch onto Cassie's signal, but it doesn't explain how Modok's able to pull all of them into the quantum because realm. Because you would think if he can latch onto her signal and pull people in, he should be able to push Kang out. Well, not only that, what causes them to stop shrinking here? <laughs> That's we, true. We've never had this conversation. No. They keep on telling us you'll just keep shrinking and shrinking forever. There's something that stops them here. Yeah. Why here? Whether it's Jan, whether it's Darren Cross, which we're going to get to, okay. whether it's Kang. Yeah. It doesn't matter who, because Scott shrunk through the quantum realm forever. Yeah. He was gone for five years. But he shrunk through the quantum realm and never broke through this like barrier that this is my thing. opens up to the other world. How could he have been gone down there for so long and not seen anything? And of not shit. have anything happen. Yeah. Also, we're gonna get to this. The quantum realm runs on a completely different clock. There's yeah. a great Spider-Man storyline where Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four they go down to the quantum realm because they gotta go deal with some shit. And while they're down there in the microverse, they're down there for I think a day. Mm. Pete's gone a month, and his life goes to shit in that month. Yeah. Because he's not there. Like, goes to shit. Like, Aunt May starts dating J. Jonah Jameson's dad, goes to shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's not there. Is that a dress here? No! <laughs> Does time travel, is the quantum realm used for time travel in this canon? Yeah. Yeah. Do they go down to the quantum realm for an extended period of time in this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Do they ever address how long they're down no. there in Earth time? No. They make it seem like it's nothing because yeah, it the seems shop like owner, everyone the looks day. the same. Yeah, looks yeah. exact. Everything looks the same. It's not like there's this, we see graffiti of Ant-Man with hearts around it. It's not like there's a graffiti where like, where did Ant-Man go? Yeah. Or like all these other things. Or it's not like he comes back. Or like old or broken or. They don't come back in LA or San Francisco is destroyed. You know, yes. like there's, there's nothing that tells us that anything happened. Yeah. Or how long they were gone for. Yeah. And it's maddening. Yeah. <laughs> As a comic book fan, this is the shit you come for. The only thing I can think about with that, even though she would have no idea how to manipulate this, Janet uses Kang's device mm -hmm. to open the hole, the portal back to their world, yeah. which it is a device that can control time and space. So I'm wondering if she was able to configure it to bring them back to when they... We have so many things we have to... That let... Yeah, to touch on that, how the fuck does how that, the fuck does that make any that makes no goddamn sense? sense. Um, okay, so they're in the quantum realm. Of course, they get split up, and it's Scott and his daughter get captured. Yeah, and then the Van Dykes are all off on their Van own. Dines. I'm Van Dines. Correct you. I said Van Dykes. Yeah, they are separated along family lines. So yeah. you have the Van Dynes on one side and the Langs on another side, and. Cassie and Scott are just walking along, talking about what it means to be a superhero. And Scott's book. Yeah. <laughs> Scott and wrote a book. for some reason, Cassie never puts her costume on until this is it's a dramatic thing. moment. I have so many questions. Yeah. Because we're told in the first Ant-Man that in order to use pin particles safely, you have to have a suit. Because otherwise, they mess with your brain chemistry. Yep. All five of them, <laughs> with I guess not Ant Man and the Wasp, mm. Scott and Hope have their suits. Yes. No one else has suits. Yes. For this whole trip into the quantum realm, 
Shouldn't they all be like, like uh... Well, what I'm wondering is, I mean, it's obviously they're going to say, well, they didn't use pin particles. They were shrunk by... By some other means. By magic. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. It's like, God damn Essentially, it. there's so many moments where I was like, what's happening here? Mm. And I was reminded of Thor and Jane on top of the observatory back in the Thor, the good Thor. Oh, God. Or Thor, the original Thor. The original Thor. And uh, he's like, at some point, science and magic is the same. Mm. And that's like 90% of this movie is anytime anything happens, you're like, but what? And it's like, don't, don't fucking think about it. Yeah. Don't even, don't even consider thinking about it because we're not going to explain it. Yeah. Here's this fancy door. Jan has to do this weird arm waving thing to open the door. Why? Because it's a speakeasy. Couldn't there have been a password or something? What the fuck is this? And it's, it's like how long because she was blipped so that was five years gone Mm -hmm. and then you're assuming it's a couple years after that this is another thing i need to know where where are we on the timeline yeah i i earnestly do not know no idea since the end of endgame where we are yeah is it endgame plus five years is it endgame plus two years is endgame plus ten years it could be any of these i I honestly but like, don't she know. She remembers so many little things, including the language to order the drinks. And it's like, I know you were there for 30 years, but you also were blipped out of existence. And it's like, I don't know how you remember some of the shit she remembered. There's language is a funny thing in this movie. It's, oh, they, it's a very stupid thing in this movie. Yeah. They take language and they make it one of the many stupid things that yes. isn't explained, but is somehow essential to the plot. I don't know how you do it. How can you have so many things that are essential to the plot that are earnestly conflicting mm. at various points in your movie? Not like we're not talking about like Ant-Man and the Wasp or Ant-Man conflicts with this. We're talking about in this movie yes. directly conflicts with what you've told us. Yes. And Why? then both groups get universal translators by drinking the goo this of is some the alien. Thing. There's an alien. So so Scott and Cassie are captured by some freedom fighters. Freedom fighters, yes. And they're taken to like this Ewok camp, mm-hmm. and they have this weird goo monster. Yeah. This is the comic relief yeah. portion early on in the movie. Yeah. And so the goo monster, played by David Dishmalian, mm-hmm. or yeah, I think that's how you spell it, how you pronounce it, uh, who is Polka Dot Man and was also in all the other Ant-Man movies. Yes. He plays this weird creature that wants holes. Yeah. He desperately wants to have holes. And, uh, and it's like you're doing butthole humor. Yeah, it's really weird. Like that was really shitty. It, um, but if you drink his goo, you can understand any language, except you can't, because there are still certain things that talk in the movie. Yes. That you can't understand. Also, she has to order this drink in this other language, and there's also no. It doesn't tell us how long this effect lasts for. Yeah. I just, it's again, it's one of those things I end up having a ton of questions. This is our first real example of the lazy writing. It's like, how are we going to get away with them not being able to speak? Eh, Drink an alien goo. Well, here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing. No one Mm. sits here saying, how did Rocket Raccoon learn English? Yeah. No one cares. There are human beings down here. We're going to stop and do this whole stupid song and dance about language. Yeah. When you have an actual telepath and a bunch of clearly humans, I think that there's a million other things we could talk about other than how do they end up speaking English. Yeah. I think that's very low on our list. If anything, steal from the Simpsons. They're not speaking English. They're speaking Rigelian 7. And by some crazy happenstance, Mm. they're exactly the same. And in Star Wars, 
Everyone can understand everything. Who, no one Droids, fucking cares. aliens, and no one gives a fuck. And it's just like you're saying. It's like, okay, so I can understand shit. In Star Trek, no one's like, oh, I gotta put my translator in. Well, they do have the universal translator in Star Trek. But, but we don't see them have do, a exactly, whole moment where exactly. they're like, oh, I just woke up from a nap and my translator's not in. Give me five seconds exactly. and then say the same thing again. They luckily make a lot of aliens speak English. Yeah. It's like they don't even need a translator. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, Romulans speak English. That makes yeah, sense. Exactly. But this is my point. Yeah. It's like there's no, there's so many aliens and Guardians and all of them speak English. Yep. And no one sits here being like, but why? Because we don't. Care. <laughs> yes. We just know they need to so people can understand. We need them to be able to communicate with us yes. so that there can be a story. Exactly. If you really want to get into the minutiae of this, we have shrinking, we have beast people, mm. we have so many oh, other so things, many things that we don't need to... We're going to get into the minutiae of language, but we, we're we not going to talk about this. We're not going to talk... Mm, it takes too long, yeah, and it makes no fucking sense. But they keep coming back to it over and over again, and mm-hmm. it's just like he's just fucking. It reminded me of Korg, of like you took in this case of Korg, you take a really good character and you ruin. Yeah, <laughs> they're very good at that. They're really very good, good at, at that. that. Um, but like it was the same kind of like, oh, this is just for humor. Yeah, that's all this is. It's just for stupid humor. And so we get about twenty minutes of just like. I, you know, fish out of water. I've never been here before. Dude, what's all this weirdness going on? Oh, there's a building and it's alive. Oh. And there's a building and it's alive. Oh, are your buildings dead? Yeah. Is this, is this funny for anybody? Is anybody it's laughing just... at this? I'm in a theater full of people of varying ages and no one is laughing at this. Yeah. I'm not even hearing like children laughing in the corner. But it's the Marvel method. It's bad 1, humor. percent it's the Marvel method. When in doubt, shove bad humor yes. in. And this... Bef- let, let's continue the Scott Lang side before yeah. we go to the Van Dynes and the... <laughs> and the Murray, the and, Bill Murray of it all? Yeah, the Bill Murray of it all. So what happens with the Van Dynes leads to Kang coming after Scott and, and yeah. Cassie. The thing that stood out to me and stands out to me throughout this entire movie is the same problem I have with Dr. Fate. We know who's under the helmet. In combat, he'll put his helmet on, do a kick... And then take his helmet off. It's like, we fucking know who you are. And not Leave only, your fucking helmets on. It's the urban law. The law of Carl Urban says, if you don't have to remove your mask, don't. you shouldn't remove your mask. Yes. And Thank also, you. it it's a very minor thing. But it's really stupid. What? That the, the way that they've decided to... Uh, show us the audience that his helmet is coming on and off. It's ugh, he shoots his head back, yeah. and that's like the international signal of like, oh, my helmet's going off. Yeah, and it's like this is dumb. It's really fucking. This stupid. is dumb. And when you have it two million times in one oh movie, God. it's all the time because he's constantly taking on and off his helmet. In that finale against Kang, <clears throat> when he was doing it, and all three of them were doing it, uh, Scott, uh, Cassie, and, uh, and Hope. Hope. It's like we fucking know who you are, and then even. Modok kept going on and yeah. off. And it's His like, helmet came on and off all the fucking time. It's like, why? We know who you fucking are. Yeah. We know you're Paul Rudd. Well, and like, you look at, there's a, there, we're going to get to it. There's a scene with an infinite number of Ant-Men. Mm. And with the exception of one guy, all of the infinite number of Ant-Men are wearing helmets. Because the animators didn't want to have to animate yeah. that many Paul Rudd faces. But also because logistically it makes fucking sense. Yes. Once again, we are told that when using PIM particles, you have to have a suit yes. <laughs> to keep the PIM particles out your brain. Yes. 
last time I checked, having your helmet open was like wearing a mask under your nose. Yes. Not gonna do jack of shit. A face diaper. Okay? Like, what? Stop. It was just, it was so, like, it, it, it really annoyed me in this movie. Because I've noticed that it's become a thing more and more in, in all franchises. The one that really pisses me off is Spider-Man. Because if there's one person who should care, keep his mask yeah, on you should always all keep his mask fucking on. time, yeah. it's him. Even yeah. this one who doesn't understand what a secret identity is or how to keep it, just fucking have the fucking... Yeah. Put the sock on your head for the... But it's like when you're when you're in combat, you know, there's... You always... have a helmet! It's a steel-reinforced helmet! And then they have that argument... Or not argument, where Scott is trying to teach Cassie about the proper way to hit somebody when you're minuscule. They have them having this debate with their helmets off in the middle of a battle. And yeah. it's like, I just want one of them to get shot. Yeah. Fucking shoot one of them just to be like, that's why you wear a fucking helmet yeah. all the time. I mean, Iron Man, the first fucking movie, he had his helmet on. And you know what? They could show his face under the helmet. It's like... yeah. If you really need to have FaceTime of Paul Rudd having FaceTime, yeah. do it that way. Do it that fucking way. Because you've done it for other characters it that are not no Iron Man characters. sense. No. And it just stopped taking the helmet off. I mean, I swear to fucking Christ. Ugh. Really, stop taking the helmet off. Um, so annoying. Uh, so, anyway. So the Van Dynes. So the Van Dynes go to the speakeasy and they meet Bill Murray, who Which, is a nothing burger. He is the king of cameos, and this is the worst cameo of his career. This is no Zombieland, let me tell you. No. That. No, or uh, <laughs> Rock or Horror Picture Show, or like you know yeah. all the classic cameos he's done. He, you know, he's set, he's a high billing in this movie, and he's in it for three minutes. This is on par with Garfield Tale of Two Kitties for performance wise. It's not. Oh, good. it's not good. It's not no. good. And it's like, what did I say when we saw the first trailer for this movie come out, and we saw Bill Murray in his fancy garb? I was like, oh, he and Jan fucked, and there's gonna be a whole scene about how he and Jan yeah. fucked. Bum, ba, da, bum. Here it is, folks. And it's like, I... Him? I guarantee... Really? I was down here for 30 years. I didn't have options. Yeah. I guarantee Bill Murray could have improvised dialogue better than oh, the dialogue they gave him. Terrible. If they said to you, listen, you're going to betray someone that you used to fuck. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And he probably could have riffed a thousand times better than the you're shit You're going they to give him. Sigourney Weaver to Zool. But you have to stall for yeah. Zool to get there. Thank you. <laughs> That's a... I, yes! Yes. How is this hard? Yes. And it's so fucking... Like, it was so heartbreaking. Because I love Bill Murray. Yeah. And they make a big deal of him being this villain of... And he's he was a bad guy. Less oh, than 10 minutes. Less than Easily less than 10 minutes. Easily. He's barely in it. No. He's hardly a footnote. And I... We, like, we both thought one of the two post-credit scenes was going to be him, yeah. and it fucking no. wasn't, which was shocking to me. No. Because they... You don't even see him get killed. Like, there's a creature that he drinks that they make big, and the creature grabs him, and that's supposed to be funny. Yeah. And then it looks like it throws him. Yeah. But I think it would have been... Like, if you're not going to have him, have the creature fucking eat him, since he ate one of the other creatures. It's yeah. like... That's the joke. That's the, the joke. joke. is that he gets eaten. But they fucking just throws yeah. him, and you're like, okay, is okay. he alive? Yeah. Like, they say he's like a human but he's not human okay so is he there's a lot of like more durable what's going on yeah i no, don't get it once again don't ask questions because yeah, we're no. not going to answer any of them no we're not even going to acknowledge them none of it yeah the only reason we have him here is so we can have more cloak and dagger conversations about kang the conqueror and so we can have a joke about how jan fucked bill murray yeah that's it that is it that's the game that's and everything that we're here by for. putting him in the trailer you probably got 
a lot more people going to see it because they think it's a Bill Murray movie. Yeah. Well, they they thought like you that he was going to be like Jeff Goldblum and Thor Ragnarok. I thought he was going to be the the Jeff Goldblum, but he was going to be like the Modoc character yeah. who has far more screen time. And it's yeah. like he was like billed as that character yeah. and it wasn't him. No, all he gets to do is give the acronym for what Modoc stands for. Yes. Which I don't know if we're ready to open this box. Do you want to open this box yet, or do you want to come back? Well, it okay. Let's let's finish what. Okay, so let's get to his introductions. His introduction because Bill Murray ends their conversation by giving the Modoc acronym: mechanical organism designed only for killing. Yeah. So he's like, oh, they're sending the mechanical organism designed only and for killing. And then there's the joke, isn't it, Modoc? Modoc. Yeah. And, which I was like, Jesus, that's stupid. And so, but uh, while Scott and Cassie are fighting these freedom fight or fighting with these freedom fighters. The leader of whom is a main character who's not named yeah. until the third act of the movie when she's broken out of prison to lead a rebellion by Cassie. At which point Cassie's like, Jagatana or whatever. What was her fucking name? Gentora. Gentora. They're like, oh, Gentora, we're sorry. They never said her name. Yeah. They told us William Jackson Harper's name was Quaz. And then they have this whole thing about him reading minds and Scott Lang having a dirty mind. Yeah. And then they have this big leader of the rebellion, mm-hmm. and she's never named, never named. <laughs> until two-thirds of the way through the movie. Which is another swipe at a strong female character. Yes! And they're like, we're not even going to give her we're a not fucking even name. Gonna, we're not even no. going to reference her name. No one's going to call her by name. She's like the... She reminded me of like a Gina Carana character. Yeah, oh, like very just much so. Muscular, kicked yeah. everyone's ass. She's a she's a M- Michelle Rodriguez type. Yes, yes. Uh, and just like, oh, tough woman, kills everybody, shouts, "Come on, we can take them!" And it's the leader of the fucking Freedom Fighters. Yeah, but we can't give her a fucking name no. until the end of the movie. No, nope. that was crazy. And then that when we do name her, everyone in the audience is gonna be like, "Who?" Yeah. Oh, her name was Gentora. Oh. Wait, did we know that? I don't think we knew that. I don't think we knew it. But, like, so anyway, they get captured. Yes. By, a little preface. When we were leaving, you told me that you, that one of our fans had mentioned to you that there was something truly catastrophically bad. And it's a character. And that it was a character. And you said he wouldn't tell me about this unless it was a Trevor Slattery level offense. Yes. And it was. I think we transcended. I, I think we found a new hole. Maybe. It's pretty bad. Trevor Fla- the the Shang-Chi cameo is still up it's there. It's really bad. But it's close. This actually has... This is so atrocious. ...impacts on the plot and oh, is shockingly similar in concept. So, if you listened all the way through to the last two minutes of our show last week... We were joking about what we thought was going to happen in the show. Gratefully, Kang does not have a diatribe about the beauty of apples or how good applesauce is. I really thought they had all the apple play in Loki. I thought it was going to come to something. No. Thank God. Okay. Great. But we did also throw out that interesting idea that the internet had that Darren Cross, Yellow Jacket, the original Yellow Jacket, except he's not, uh, was going to be in this movie as MODOK. And we were like, oh, yeah, that's a that's an idea. No, 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 that's the plan. That's the whole plan. So the reveal is you have Modoc show up with a big gold faceplate, mm-hmm. and the faceplate comes up, and it's pixelated Corey Stoll. Corey Stoll. <laughs> and, oh, my God, if, when I tell you pixelated, it's so I'm bad. not shitting you. It's so bad. It's like they went into Photoshop and just took the expand tool and just yeah. stretched his face. It looks 
really bad. Laughably like, bad. We all knew Modoc wasn't gonna work. Everybody in the world, even the most stringent hardcore, even Patton Oswald is not going to sit here being like, but we gotta take Modoc seriously. Like, no one, everyone in the whole world knows that Modoc is not a character you take seriously. Yes. No one's gonna be here being like, oh, they screwed up Modoc. But I'm gonna kind of be here and be like, they, they screwed up oh, Modoc. They, complete, they <laughs> fucked him up. How did work. you screw up Modoc? They didn't even screw him up. They just created a new character. Yeah. And gave him the look and the name. They gave him the look and the name. But it's a completely but different it's, character. It's still Yellow Jacket from the first one. Yes. Which, quick aside, because I mentioned Heroes for Hire. Darren Cross is a character that you could use in Heroes for Hire. Yeah. He's originally many things, but one of the things that he is, is a gangster who has dealings with Scott Lang. Mm -hmm. And eventually the Heroes for Hire in some stories. So I, I just, I, if you wanted to bring Darren Cross back, which is a stupid idea because mm -hmm. you ruined him in the first place. Absolutely. Why this? I think they did it for that one scene where they're showing how he became Modoc mm -hmm. and they show his butt. Yeah. The whole point was them to have that little where everyone's like, ha, ha, it's his butt. And Look his at Modoc's tiny butt. Yeah, it's tiny butt. I think they did it for that scene. I only just saw your baby legs. Those are interesting. Oh, my God. I swear to God. You know, like. But then, then we talked about how they. The mask is Modoc's face. It looks kind of like the Modoc face. Yeah. And they, like, why couldn't you have just made that his fucking face and yeah. not made him Darren Why Cross? can't he just be a machine designed only for killing? Yes. You know, here's an idea. Here's a crazy idea. <laughs> Follow me down this rabbit hole. You know how you fucked up AIM 10 years ago? Oh, my God. By putting them in Iron Man 3, by quote-unquote putting them in Iron oh Man God. 3. Oh, my God. Uh, and you just you just totally fucked AIM. You just fucked them right to hell. Like they fucked up AIM and the Seven Rings in that one fucking and that one movie. Fucking movie. They really just they did so much fucking damage in that. It's a really bad movie. It's just it's Ten not Rings. Good. I mean, mm. you have AIM. You have PIM. Mm -hmm. These are rival companies in this universe, right? AIM in this universe is trying to be seemingly legitimate. They're mm. not necessarily a, a, a only. Uh, villainous organization. There seems to be some legitimacy mm. to what they're doing. Kind of like Hammer Enterprises. Exactly. So maybe they try and come up with their own pin particles. Mm. And they say, okay, well, we can't test this on humans, but we got to make sure that there's living things in it. So let's get a bunch of living tissue and we're going to stick it in this machine mm. and we're going to shrink it down. And when all those things happen, it disappears into the quantum realm and they can't get it back. And who finds it? Kang. Kang. And he takes that organic material and turns it into Modoc. Turns it into Modoc. Yeah. No, or we could have it be Darren Cross. Yeah, we could have it be Darren Cross. You're right. We could. If we're dumb and we don't like ourselves. It was so bad. Like, and it's just that's the thing when you have these movies. I mean, this thing had to have cost three hundred million dollars because yeah. it was all CGI. It's so bad. It's terrible. How can it be and so bad? This was by far the most egregious use of CGI. Oh yeah. If this was by far the worst element of the movie, is Modoc. And like This was an early two thousand CGI. It was really bad. It was really bad. It was really, really shockingly bad. It yeah. was, I just kept on sitting there watching it every time Modoc was on screen, just thinking like, but how? But how can it look this bad? Yeah. It doesn't make sense. We had blue cat people swimming in Tahiti, but we filmed it in a pool yeah. in a garage. How does this look like shit? Yeah. There's no... This is just a human face. This is just a human face. That's all it is. 
and it looks awful. Yeah. And Why? When I first saw it, the thing that I jumped to, and now this is a dime store practical effect in a TV show which at the time didn't have a huge budget, the face of Bo in yes. Doctor Who is the big stretch out, but it was practical, mm-hmm. and it was well done. It was well done. And it was dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. Like, they probably made it for 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here you have hundreds of millions of dollars. That's the fucking best you could do. Yeah. That's really the it best you could do. It was awful. It looked awful. And, like, if anyone hasn't seen Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and they call themselves an Avengers mm-hmm. fan, you really gotta look this shit up. It's on Disney+. Plus. Disney+. Plus. Go fucking watch it, because it... Is fucking baller. But it's great. And mm. I bring it up specifically because it has my two favorite representations of Jan and Hank. Mm. Because they take Hank and they say, we don't really like the character from the comic book because he's terrible. Mm. And I'll admit that. I Oh, he's an awful human being. I guys. like Hank in concept. I mm. want to say that Hank is one of my favorite Avengers, but then I see what he does. And I'm like, but you're a shithead. Yeah. You're just a shithead. You're just a shitty, shitty, shitty human being. Except in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, where he's a pacifist. Mm -hmm. He's trying... The reason he designs Ultron is to have a superhero alternative. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is trying to rehabilitate all of the villains that he captures and that he arrests. He's trying to rehabilitate them. Jan is just in it for the the vigilante work. She's in it for the fun. She's in it for the hot rod action of being a superhero and having your life in danger Mm -hmm. and going and fighting aliens. And I love Jan for that in Mm -hmm. that series as well she's a firecracker she's everything jan should be and i could see her negotiating with kang for the eastern seaboard of the united states after he after he completely Mm. wipes washington dc off the map great comic line one of the many reasons why i'm so angry at this movie because we have a lot of jan kang interactions and none of them are anywhere even close to as good as that comic series from the late 90s early 2000s where kang comes in and does his kang thing and jan is the leader of the avengers And after he destroys Washington, D.C., she has to negotiate terms with him. And she does it. (laughs) And she does it while coming up with a plan with Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, to get around this whole thing and attack Kang from the other side. Mm. And it's fucking great. And we have so many scenes of Jan and Kang... Jan and Kang, back and forth, back and forth, talking. None of it's about philosophy. None of it's about why he does the things that he does, or if it's reasonable, or anything. It's just Jan saying, but the cost. And Kang saying, but you have to trust me. Mm-hmm. And Jan saying, but the cost. And Kang says, but you have to trust me. Mm-hmm. This is not writing! No. You should at least mention the name Ravana. Give me anything! Mm-hmm. You're giving me nothing! What do you want me to do with this? Yeah. Well, it's it's the spoon feeding. Yeah, you know that's all it is. It's they're trying to dumb down these stories, which you don't need to dumb them down. No. People are not that stupid. People can grip onto these things. You know, you still have all the flashy explosions and sci-fi CGI and all that shit. You can have proper writing and a good story, and people will still go see it. Here's the thing: they're just getting lazy. Call me crazy. Call me out of my mind. You're out of your mind. The thing that actually drives us to these stories is not the popcorn factor. No. Okay? It has never been the popcorn factor. Okay? It's the characters. Mm-hmm. It's the characters and the way they interact with each other and with the world that they're in. We care about the world itself. It's not just the characters. The world itself has to work. Mm-hmm. And you've been tinkering and tankering and just taking things out and ignoring other things in favor of stupid bullshit. And it's just the world doesn't mm-hmm. work. And the characters don't work. 
And so when you have conflicts where you're just supposed to be like, oh, don't worry about it. I can't not worry about it. Mm -hmm. Because you fucked up everything. From the moment Ultron was designed by Tony all the way through to now, you fucked it up. You've always fucked it up. It's always been wrong. Mm -hmm. This has always been wrong. And everything that you're building here is to supplant what should be. Mm -hmm. And it's never as good as what I could have had. It's always terrible. It's always stupid. It's always a bad, bad interpretation of this story. Why? Why can't we have a good Ant-Man story? Ant-Man should end with Yellow Jacket being revealed to be Hank Pym. And he doesn't even know it. Mm -hmm. That's the way that Ant the, the original Ant-Man movie should end. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying Hank Pym dies. I'm saying you rehabilitate Hank Pym. Yeah. But you also have Jan in that story. You don't take Jan out of the story. Are you out of your fucking mind? So we can have Amadeus Cho's mom come to the Avengers mm -hmm. and talk to him about how she's building a cradle so that Ultron can turn it into a fucking thing to make vision. Let's not forget, they just jammed this character in mm -hmm. so that they could have this stupid storyline when if you just take Jan and put her into that place, mm -hmm. she fits that role. Why wouldn't Tony be working with Pimtech on any... I don't understand this. Yeah, no, they, they've... I mean, we've gone on and on before about the errors that we've seen in, yeah. in a lot of these storylines. Well, it's like... And it's... it's it, Like you said, they've started the ball rolling, mm -hmm. so it's almost impossible to, to correct. Yeah. Like, it's already in that direction. Yeah. And it's... It's obvious in the fact that these two characters, being Jan and Hope, are so underdeveloped. Yeah. Insanely. I mean, Jan herself is this badass. She's great. She's awesome, but she is completely blown out of the way in this. Yeah. Like, every now and then she'll show up to save or, like, come up with this idea. But when she's not doing that, she fucking ain't doing nothing. No, she's not doing anything. And not only that, she's not even providing information to help come up with a plan. No. She's just sitting there saying, I don't want to talk about it. Or if it's if she's talking to Kang, but the cost is too high. Yeah, you can't kill that many people. And that's the part that killed me too. Where you're saying I don't want to talk about it. She brought that into the quantum realm with her. She's in the quantum realm with her husband and her daughter. And they're, and they're saying, like, please tell us what we're going into. And she's like, I don't want to talk about it. When do you want to talk about this, it? This is like the perfect fucking. When time. we're under Kang's heel, is that when you want to talk about it? When would you like to talk yeah. about it exactly? It was so annoying because that the was Jan the I know. Would be super upfront with all this shit. Mm -hmm. Because the Jan I know is just a fucking hot sprocket who comes in and has opinions on everything and mm -hmm. makes sure that you know how she feels about stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I love Jan. This is not the Jan that no. I want it to be. And it's too bad because Michelle Pfeiffer could easily pull it off. The In Ant-Man and the Wasp, when they show us Jan at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, that's Jan. Yeah. That's the Jan that I've been waiting for this whole time. Super badass. Yeah. And it's just, and we never get there. No. And like, also, there's a moment in this movie where they're talking about like, why didn't we do this before? Why didn't we talk about this before? I think in part because the writers hadn't come up with it yet. Yeah. There seems to be a lot of moments in this movie where things are said or done and the implication is that this has been years in the making. They came up with it Tuesday. Yeah. And the characters don't mesh with it organically because they came up with it on Tuesday. Yeah. So of course they don't mesh with it organically. Well, they say a lot of these movies, they don't have a finished script when they start filming. No. And so it, it shows. Yeah. It, it absolutely fucking apart. shows in this. And, and this one isn't like egregiously bad. Like of the last two years of Marvel movies, this one is better than a lot of the ones we've had to sit through. But 
it's not in the top 10. It's not even in the top 15 of no. Marvel movies. You know, this is, again, this gets the same rank as Thor Love and Thunder, as Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, as Shang-Chi. It's fine. Yeah. Wait for it to come out on Disney+, Plus because it's not worth going out and seeing in theaters. Yeah. It's just not. And I, I, I take a lot of offense to you saying Thor Love and Thunder was fine. That was not fine. No, that was, that was a, that that was was a atrociousness. Show. That was but a I agree show. with you with... And even, like, I've gone back and rewatched The Eternals, and even though that movie has insane holes and it's not a good movie... There are enough parts of it that puts that, in my opinion, above like Thor: Love and Thunder and things like that. Like the acting was good in some spots. I cannot abide it. I can't. Oh, it's it. not good. Well, here's my thing. We were talking about how the the world itself has been ruined. Yeah. Eternals is. Oh, they almost is almost enemy number one. Yes, is unmentionable number one here. Is just like the fact that you had an entire scene acknowledging that Thanos was a thing, and. You just say it wasn't our problem. Yeah. It was one million percent your problem for any number of reasons. A, within the body of the plot, definitely your problem if you want to create celestials. Mm -hmm. You can't have more celestials if half the population of the entire universe is snapped away. You kind of need that to create celestials. And B, within the concept of the character, Mm -hmm. Thanos is half celestial, or half eternal. So. Yes! <laughs> it is your problem! <laughs> Terry Styles' problem now. Um, Alright, so we gotta get back to... So now... Now Kang finally enters the plot yes. at large. And he has Cassie and Scott in, in cells. And of course he does the whole, I'll kill your daughter if you don't help me. And Scott's, I'll help you. And we find out what he needs help with is back when um, him and Janet were living in a cave... She helped him fix his ship, and yeah. when she realized how evil I he was... I like the time chair. The time chair was good. Yes. It was good, and I like that the big ship at the end is still built into the time chair. Mm. Okay. I like this. Can it be more of this? Yeah. No? Okay. But she realizes she by touching his ship, which is hardwired into his brain, she sees what he really is, which is this monster that just like conquers worlds and destroys universes. And she uses pin particles to expand his the core of his time ship yeah. to this massive level so he's stuck. Mm-hmm. And so what he needs Scott to do is to get into the middle of that core and shrink it back down. Fire a bunch of pin particles into it. Exactly. So and of course he's holding his daughter hostage until, unless until Scott does Until Scott this. does this. And Modoc's along for the ride. Because and we need some there. funny comic relief from a pixelated face. Oh my god. Um, when he's in the mi- when he's in the core and he's like, Darren, Darren, Modoc. Yes. I was like, that's the fucking, fucking I want to rip my fucking face off. That was so this stupid. This is so fucking dumb. This it was is so only stupid. getting worse as you dig it deeper. Oh my god. And like, I like... The concept of what they were doing in there. Mm. I've also read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So, an infinite paradox engine. Yeah. Feels like you kind of just straight up stole that. Yeah. Just straight up stole it. What they're hoping is not a lot of people remember Hitchhiker's yeah. Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, they're hoping no one who watches Marvel movies has ever even picked up Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. Or heard of it. And it's not a bad movie either. I enjoyed the movie. It's all right. It's not. It doesn't you know do the books justice, but it's fun. It's got Sam Rockwell. It's got a great cast. Yeah, Sam Rockwell and, uh, and Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, most deaf. Most deaf. Yeah, it was really Zoe and Deschanel. Zoe Deschanel. That was a really good cast. Um, and uh, Alan Rickman as the voice of the oh, robot. Yeah, he, he plays Marvin. Awesome. Yeah, he plays Marvin. So it is a f- interesting scene when, and of course, Hope 
flies yeah, in to get, save him, you and you this, see multiple Scots and multiple Hoves. This is this is where again, again, I just like I start trying to pick it apart, and it's like you can't, you can't touch it. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it. If you touch it, it falls apart. Mm-hmm. And it's like so you have like this conflict of by being in the core of this machine, any possible choices scott makes Mm -hmm. are manifested Mm -hmm. so basically this manifests in scott cloning himself like a cell yeah and the the cells become confused as to why there are so many of them yeah and apparently only one of them has a radio which that didn't yeah scott's the the real scott real scott is the only one that has a radio and this is again done with hope where a million hopes are formed for every thought that she has which is an interesting concept that it's thrown completely out the window yeah. because she's the only one that has a radio of all the hopes for some reason. Again, doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. And then at the end, you get this moment of all the Scots finally come together and they start helping him out, including the Scott from Baskin Robbins, whose name is Jack for some reason. Yeah, I don't fucking get this. It's a joke. I get it. It's a joke. But within the context of the story, it makes no fucking yeah. sense. And it's a missed opportunity, if you ask me. They could have done a multiplicity or a Pirates of the Caribbean 3 to where you had the characters split. And since their decisions are different, they're going to be slightly different personality-wise. Yeah. I think that could have been an interesting thing. Maybe not have a... Like, once they expand to a million of them... You're not going to be able to have them all talk, but when there was like four or five of them, yeah. you could have them all just slightly different in a way, personality-wise. Though the suits could all look the same, they could look yeah. the same. Just, I think that was a missed opportunity and for humor. There's just a lot of missed opportunities here because it's mm. an interesting concept. It eventually grows into this bit where Scott becomes the ants from the first Ant-Man movie, metaphorically, mm. where you have a bunch of, in the same way that the ants crawled all over each other to build bridges in the first Ant-Man movie, you have a bunch of Scots crawling all over each other to lift this one scott up to the the device but anything that he shoots into it immediately retrogrades to dust basically which but then when you shoot a lot of stuff they don't retrograde like i didn't get that yeah well then you get this thing where hope comes in and hope has all these other hopes that she's coming in with and there's all these scots and then they just magically aligned into one hope and one scott and then they fire a bunch of things into this thing and then it shrinks down but they come out of it even though they're inside of it yeah and the part that confused me about that is hope was just told the story of kang yeah and why there's no way that he should ever get control of that but she just sides with him and shrinks it yeah it's like and doesn't try and grab it afterwards or fly it away yeah scott's the one holding it hope's the only one that can fly yeah what is the plan here? I don't. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. And just like it's, it's just so frustrating because it's moments like that over and over again of like, oh, it's an Ant Man movie, so we have to have a heist. It's like mm. this doesn't fucking make sense, but okay, I guess we'll go with it. Oh, this is cool visually. It doesn't make fucking any goddamn no, sense. No sense whatsoever. And then they come out of it, and you're like, okay. In most of the times when I'm watching an Ant Man thing and they're shrinking in something that's shrinking. They have to find a way out of that thing before they get crushed in the thing that's mm-hmm. shrinking. Not here. Nope. Not an issue. Just like uh, as it shrinks down, they get out of it. Yep. How? Pop not important. Door. And um, then we see Kang approach. And this is where we get the Kang yeah. with all of his powers yeah. easily whipping their asses. He just kicks their ass. Absolutely. Without even like moving barely yeah. or breaking a sweat. Yeah. 
when we'll get back to this later, how that quickly changes. Yeah. No, we are shown that Kang is as all powerful as oh, yeah. we think he is, because it's not even like Kang and Loki, where he's just gone through all the permutations and he knows how everything's going to go. Mm-hmm. He just has crazy technology that way outpowers either of them. Yeah. Especially since I, again, I love Ant Man and the Wasp on a scale of one to five as far as power ranks go. There are two. Oh, yeah. Giant Man, I'll give you like a four. Yeah. But it's a two to a four. Yeah. They're no Spider Man. They're no, no. They're no Tony Stark. They're not even a Captain America. No, not at all. So it's like, okay, they get their ass handed to them, and Jan gets captured mm-hmm. by uh, Kang. And Cassie's off with the revolutionaries still. Mm. For... And I do love, though, Jonathan Majors mm-hmm. has... Who was the only saving grace of this entire fucking movie. Oh, easily. He has such a great, arrogant look. Yeah. Like, when he knows you're nothing to me, that look on his face, like, the way he can pull it off as an actor, it looks so awesome. I like a lot of what he does as Kang. I like the sadness that he brings to Kang. I like the the regret that kind of overflows from his Kang. Can we get some context? Can we get anything? Because we're just told he destroys universes. We're not told why. We're not told to what end. It's just, he destroys universes. Okay. uh, uh, All right. The Kangs I know always have a purpose, though. Mm -hmm. They're not just doing it for shits and giggles. That's why I bring up Ravana. Usually it's like, I have to do this because if I don't do this, then my timeline doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. That's not what's going on here. Because even with Thanos, it was like a, a five-minute quick clip of him explaining what happened to his planet and why he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. It took five minutes. Yeah. And you got all the information you needed. Yeah. And you're like, okay. All you need to do, all you need to do mm. is when Jan is in the room with him at the end and mm. they're debating whether Kang's plan is okay because he'll kill so many timelines. Mm. Jan says trillions of people. It's way more than trillions. Oh, it's, yeah, it's crazy. To, to put a number on it is silly because it's way more than trillions. Yeah. Don't even start. That's stupid. Um, but anyway, when they're debating that and she says, how can you kill so many timelines? All he has to say is, because mine has to survive. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you have to say. He is a hero who is taking the villain's role. And now all the other heroes who don't understand that he's doing this for the greater good are trying to stop him from doing something that Mm -hmm. he thinks is for the greater good. It's the same story we've done a million times, but if you put it in good context, we all flock back to it. You think we haven't seen every Batman story there is to be made? It's not about uniqueness to the Batman story. It's about accomplishing the story. Yes. You didn't accomplish a story. You just said he's evil. You didn't give a reason why. Yeah. You said he's all-powerful. Okay. Why? But where is this going? Nowhere. It's going yeah. nowhere. Because, apparently, even though Kang is all-powerful, he's a chump who yeah. doesn't know how to fight shit. Yeah. So it's frustrating. It was very yeah. frustrating. So to, so they get back... They, we get back to the... Cassie Freeze... What's her... What's the revolutionaries. Revolutionaries. And Thora Kang is... is Hook the thing back up to his ship and he's ready to take off. Yeah. And then the Van Dynes and... Um, um, Scott. Scott have to figure out how to infiltrate. Well, before we get any of that, we get the moment of, ugh, this is what we've been building to. I thought we were going to get here, but it took us all movie long. Because at the very beginning of the movie, they took us into Hank's warehouse garage lab. 
and they showed us this ant farm full oh, of ant technology yes, where the ants had the apparently built their own technology. And they became ins- insanely intelligent. So this gets sucked into the quantum realm. Yeah. And as we're falling through the quantum realm, I'm looking at everybody in the theater being like, but time is weird in the quantum realm, yeah. right? And the movie says, no, until the movie says, yes, yeah. because these ants have lived thousands, thousands of, of years. years. And they now have super far advanced technology. Yes. And they have a socio... Economic system. You think their bodies would have evolved a little, but they still look exactly the same. Well, now there's some ants that are one size, some ants that are another size. There's no real rhyme or reason to why some ants of the same species are one size versus another. Yeah, it's kind of All that really is important is that these ants have been trying to communicate with Hank this whole time because... I guess he's a prophet of their society because they've known that he was always going to be here. So it's always been like we've been preparing for this moment as ants. Yeah. We've known that this moment was coming and we've been preparing this whole time. So Hank goes and picks up Scott and Hope mm. and is like, I got all these fucking ants. We're going to fucking wreck shop. So there's a pretty decent scene of Scott and Hope trying to take on Kang and his giant city yes. that he's built. It's okay. Giant Man, to my knowledge and understanding, again, this is one of those things that is true until it's not, and then it is true again. Giant Man takes a lot of energy to be Giant Man and stresses your body, stresses your brain, stresses everything in you. Yep. Scott's like just, he's got it down. He's apparently got it down. So is Cassie with that first time. She's like, oh, oh, I'm giant. Oh, this is great. I love it. It's like hugging Godzilla. This is where the Marvel method came up. Mm -hmm. Because they did it twice in this movie no three times in this movie to where ant-man is getting shot by a bunch of ships and you're like oh no what's gonna happen aka the wakanda scene in infinity war thor groot and rocket show up and this the all the the ships show up for the freedom fighters to take and it's just they did that again with the ants and it's like that is the worst cliche yeah it's like we fucking know they're not going to die. The cavalry came twice in one fight. Yeah. And it's just like you can't have the cavalry come over and over again. No. That's why they're the cavalry is they come one time. Yeah. But That's even it. to have it once, it's like it's been done in every yeah. fucking Marvel movie to death. Yeah. We know what's going to happen. And like for as cool as there are moments in that fight, I do like the moment where they're trying to get through Kang's barrier that he has around his palace and giant man can't get through it so he goes back to hope and he's like what are we going to do and so they come up with this plan where ant-man shrinks down hope throws him and then while he's going through the air he grows again so he takes all that extra force with him as he collides with the barrier i love that that was was fucking cool that was really cool why can hope now blow up ships by flying through them like she's captain marvel yeah why is this, this was, happening? This was my question. I seem to remember in the comic books, Giant Man, Ant Man, Wasp are not indestructible. No. That's why they're level twos. But it seems to be as long as he's Giant Man, yeah. nothing hurts him. And it's like, if it's the suit or something, that's fine. But like, I, I don't mind it when he's Giant Man. I do mind how indestructible the Wasp is. Yeah. How like literally she's flying through engines of ships and blowing them up. Yeah. How? 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 And these suits, they kind of look like Stark nanotech. Yeah. And all they have to do is make a mention of that and then that would make more sense then. 
again, once again, if you had the guts back in 2015 mm. to include uh, back in 2015, everybody at Marvel was like, eh, man, it's so stupid, but we got to do him. So I guess we're going to do him, but we're not going to include him in anything cool until mm. we can show that he could actually be a viable addition to the universe. But until then, he's Ant-Man and he's dumb. Mm. He's a joke. We're doing this for Edgar Wright, and he's not even involved anymore. So this is fucking stupid. Um, so they got rid of Ant-Man designing Ultron. Yeah. I have always said that should have been the moment. You can have Tony design Ultron, but he has to talk to Hank to do it. Yeah. And then you have that conflict of Tony and Hank just don't get along. They don't yeah. see eye to eye on things. They don't get along. And Tony's dad didn't get along with Hank. Tony doesn't get along with Hank. Mm. And Hank's a hard guy to get along with. And then you have that moment of, oh, it's a new suit. Me and Stark, we went to lunch. We're working on a few things. Mm. We're not friends yet. Are you friends? We're not friends. Are you sure? Because you hang out a lot. We are definitely not friends. Mm. He's an asshole. <laughs> and like these kinds of things, these kinds of interactions, just it's not there. It's they just make, not there. They make Hank this loving grandfatherly yeah. character in these movies, and it's like I just don't get. It. He's supposed to be irascible. He's supposed to be. Mean. He's a douchebag. He's abrasive. He's cruel in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And it, just none of that. You no. just get none of that here. And then there's the big, like we said, the, there's this fight against Kang. The Van Dynes find a way to, or the ants take Kang away. Yeah. They're like, okay, what so, happened to Kang? So Kang comes down. Yes. Because if there's one thing Kang doesn't oh, yes, the fucking raid. deal with. It's fucking peasants. Mm -hmm. Kang doesn't deal with fucking peasants. Okay? He's got no time for peasants. Yeah. He's got all the time in the world, and he's got no time for peasants. And so he comes down, and he starts atomizing people. Which is bam, awesome. Bam! Bam! Just blowing them up. They are gone. They don't even have bodies anymore. There's not even ash in the wind. There's nothing. They're yeah. gone. They are destroyed out of this universe. Gone. And he's just bam! Bam! Killing everybody. Taking them all out. Right? And then the ants show up, and Kang's like... If only I had a weapon. <laughs> so stupid. Let me put up a shield. Oh, oh, my shield can't hold against these ants. Oh, how do I deal with ants? And that's the horrible writing because you're there are so many scenes where Kang was so fucking badass. Yeah. Like he was. There was a long part of this movie where I'm like, I think he might be the best film villain, better than Thanos even. And then they had that scene with the shield, and yeah. you're like, just like you're saying, it's like. You were just using that fucking those lasers and evaporating motherfuckers. Yeah. You can't do that with ants. You can't just fucking blow away ants. Oh, but they're, You're they're... taking over timelines and you can't deal with ants. They're super smart ants though. They've yeah. lived for a thousand years. Yeah. They're a thousand year old, super technically advanced. Super technically ants. advanced. They're socialist ants. And if there's one thing Kang can't deal with, it's socialist ants. See, if they would have made one of them look like Bernie Sanders, that would have been awesome. Like, um, give me something, man. But it's yeah, it, and then they the ants drag this super powerful being away, and you're like, yeah. okay, he's gone. I guess that's that. So of course, um, Janet opens up a portal back to their world, their world and using Janet, the time chair, Hank, and Cassie, go, Cassie through. go through. Oh wait, before we do that, we we're skipping over the most important part of this movie. How could we have skipped over the most important part of this movie? Mm. Cassie fights Modoc. Cassie kicks Modoc's ass. Calls him a dick. Says he's a dick. He says, I don't know how to be anything but a dick. She says, it's never too late to stop being a dick. So when the ants all come and try to fight Kang, who's right there with him, fucking Modoc screaming, I'm not a dick! And then he dies. See, I didn't forget that part. 
I was trying to forget that part. And then he dies, and we have a five-minute funeral scene for Modoc. Yeah. And it's full of terrible humor, and I was I was prepared for at least two fake-outs of Scott being like, it's been a long day, and Modoc being like, I'm not dead. And like, or like the like you were saying, the Bill Murray zombie land, yeah. where he lets a, uh, and then he's back, and it's like I thought that too. Yeah, exactly. And he's coughing up like it was he's, just he's so coughing bad. up this gross liquid. And yeah, it's, it was so it's fucking this bad. awful scene. It's so bad, and it's not funny. No, it's not funny to anybody. And Nobody's it's not sitting touching. here laughing. It's not touching. It's not important. No. So what is the purpose of this? Because that's their way to do the toilet humor of saying dick. Yeah. Over and over again. Because before he dies, he goes... And then he does the, oh, and I died in Avenger. And everyone's like, oh, is he? Yeah, he's an Avenger. Yeah, you made the cut. You made the cut, dude. And it's like... I hate this. Fucking I need so to tell stupid. you in no uncertain terms that I hate this. It was so dumb. I get that the point of this is to be funny. It's not funny. Yeah. So I ask you again, what is the point? If it's not funny and it's supposed to be funny and that's the point is to be funny, then what's the fucking point? Yeah. You better be fucking funny, and it's not funny. No. Have how is Patton Oswald not just Modoc in this movie? How is Patton Oswald not taking his third role in the MCU as Modoc? Just and have him be Modoc. Voice Modoc in the animated in the show. show. Yeah. He's gonna be Pip. He was in Agents of Shield. Yep. Just have him be fucking Modoc. Yeah. How is this this hard? I don't know. And then you would have somebody on set who at least gets the character. And respects the character. So what's the fucking point of this? Yeah, I don't understand it. And it's... It just seems like Marvel movies, you know, as I beat this to death, they have the Marvel method, they gotta hit all the beats, and then they just will not take a chance... Except for Werewolf by Night, which yeah. was a made-for-TV movie. But they will not take a chance on making intelligent films. No. Like, at least I give DC credit. They're doing those spinoffs. I know you're not a fan of the Joker, but, like, the Batman, they're doing these spinoffs where it's like, okay, we're going to make a darker, more adult thing. They're making bold decisions. Exactly. And sticking to them. Exactly. They're saying, what would happen if you had Superman and Zod have a fight in the middle of downtown? And, yeah, we can have arguments over there should have been more in the plot about how Zod won't let him leave downtown because he realizes that this is where he's most vulnerable because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. So he has to keep him downtown where Superman's trying to get out of downtown. We don't do any of that, and we should. But it's still more interesting than anything Marvel's doing. Yeah. Okay, it's the, just mindless The right beginning now. of Batman v Superman makes you feel something. Yes. Up or down, it makes you feel something. This doesn't make you feel anything besides why the fuck am I still doing this? Yeah. And it's we are. We're we're getting sucked into yeah. this shit. And Well it, now it's an obligation. It's a it's a over ten year yeah. obligation. And for me anyway, it's like one of these comes out and it's like I, I can't skip it because then I'm gonna have FOMO online. I'm gonna be on Instagram and I'm gonna see all these clips and I'm gonna be like, Well, I don't want any spoilers. I do wanna see it. Yeah. So like I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. But I fucking am so tired of this shit. Yeah. We were walking out of the theater. I was like, how has it been five years since we had a halfway decent one of these? Yeah. It's been five years! It's been five fucking years and so many billions of dollars. And this is going to make a goddamn oh, ton yeah. of money. Okay, so let's get back to... So, of course, actually, it's... Um, Hope one... goes in first. Cassie is still with Scott. Scott pushes her through the portal because yeah. he sees Kang. Yeah. Who, of course, is able to use one more blast yeah. of his atomizer... Which only knocks Scott back because, once again, Scott is impervious to everything. Well, not only that, his glove is all, like, electrified. Yeah, it's all electrified it's like, it's all broken and fucked from up the now. ants. From the ants, man. The oh ants really fucked up his gear. But then there was a good fist fight. It's a great fist fight. Because Kang, 
I'm glad they make it where Scott, when he does hit Kang, Kang's like, fuck off. Yeah, and Kang beats the living shit out the, of him. The, the axe kicks that oh. Kang drops on him are yeah. so good. Really and that's like a good. Kang move. Like, you can see Kang fucking pulling that yeah. move. And it's like, this is what I've been waiting for this whole fucking time. This is the non-peasant bullshit that I've been waiting for from Kang this whole fucking time. I don't deal with peasants. I don't deal with shit like you. You get in my way, I'm going to fucking take you out of the universe. I'm going to take you out of every universe. Mm-hmm. You're never going to exist ever again in any universe ever. But we don't get that. No. We get Hope comes back through the portal and does her superhero pose. She does this six times in the movie. Yeah. Oh my god. But it's after she shoots she shoots Kang and then they do the close up of her superhero pose. Uh-huh. And then uh, this is what I don't get. So they throw a bunch of pin particles into the Well they they do both. They have the bigs and the smalls. Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't jank do anything it for a long time. Yeah, well it, what, again what the implication is that I got is that the they, they stick all this stuff in the engine. Mm. And so now the engine's in this quantum state of shrinking and growing at the same time. Oh, uh, I gotcha. And so Kang gets sucked into it because uh, we uh, reuse the ending of Civil War. Or I guess it's not the ending. The middle of Civil War, uh-huh. for some reason. Where uh, take out Black Panther, mm. put in Kang. Take out Black Widow, put in the Wasp. Same scene. She's just shooting at this guy yeah. who's trying to walk at her. That's true. And it's just like, I've, I've literally seen this movie yeah. in this canon. Really? And then, so oh, Kang this... gets pulled into this thing, and you're like, okay. And it closes the portal. And the, the thing is the engine, so it cuts off power to the ship, so the portal closes. The portal back home closes because it was connected to the engine yeah. of this whole ship. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. So now Scott and Hope are going to be trapped. I was hoping that Scott would die because Scott Lang has died in canon mm. on numerous occasions. So I was hoping that Scott There was would a second I thought it was going to happen. I was really hoping because that would give gravity to this whole fucking movie is Scott dies. No, because we have one more deus ex machina because we get a shot of Cassie booping away on something back at Pym Central. Her thing that she created, her... And she... Her satellite, let's say. She somehow opens the gate again. Yeah. And Scott, without turning around... Says, let's go home. Let's go home. That was the stupidest fucking thing. What the bullshit is this? I, I did... Like, that was the laziest writing and then on planet Earth. you have this great end bit where Scott... It's a... It's a... I actually really like this. At the beginning of the movie, you have Scott talking about, like... I don't know how my life got here. It's crazy that my life got here. It's nuts. And and a lot of times I ask myself, Scott, how did blank, blank, blank happen? And at the end of the movie, you have something similar, but it's like he's putting in things from the new adventure. And then he gets to a moment where he stops and he says, but Kang said that if he didn't get out, that our world was going to end. And I just stopped him from getting out. Did I just kill everybody? Yeah. And there's this great moment of him looking around and being like, oh my God, I just killed everybody. And then he's like, Ah, no, it's fine. It's probably fine. And he moves on, and he eats a terrible ice cream cake, and I'm just like... Which, and that's the thing, is it just abruptly ends that when he starts eating the ice cream cake, he says it's bad, which is a stupid laugh when you're right. They could have ended it with him, did I just kill everybody? Did I just Boom. kill everybody? Done. And then end you have those two end sequences after the credits, where the first is the Council of Kangs, which, I said this to you in the theater, you have Mortis and two other versions of Kang. Yes. And they're all chatting. Chat, chat, chatting away about the, the sacred timeline. Again, I have a lot of confusion over this because at the end of season one of Loki, 
the the one at the end who is one of the kangs says that he wiped out all the other kangs on the council of kangs yeah and put himself at the end of the universe and then loki let him out so are you saying that by letting him out it made it so he never stopped the council of kangs yeah, it didn't make any sense. I don't understand. How can there still be a Council of Kangs? Is is he going to stop the Council of Kangs in the future? But Loki's kind of lukewarm relationship with time makes it so that the future and the past can be simultaneous. Mm. I, I just... It's really What's going on? Though. And then, so we finally get the Council of Kangs, which is a hardcore comic book fan. There's... You want to see the Council of Kangs. You want to see the Council of Reeds. And you want to see the Council of Doom. Mm-hmm. You want to see those things extremely badly if you're a superhero fan and we finally get to see the council of kings and it's a fucking gladiatorial arena yeah and i'm like this is not the council of kang no it's a cgi nightmare the council of kang is a lot closer to congress than a gladiatorial arena but this is like football (laughs) this is like a bunch of kangs went to a football match and they're all screaming yeah this is not the council of kings no this is not the council of kings it was fucking dumb and then the final post-credit scene is a trailer is for Loki, a trailer season, for Loki two. season two, <laughs> which I was like, "That's oh, so stupid." Oh, great! And it's just—they were horrible post-credit scenes. Yeah. I like it in concept. I liked the Council of Kang scene right up until we saw the stadium full of Kangs. Full of Kangs, yeah. Up until that moment, I thought it was great. I was like, "Oh, cool! They're doing a Mortis and all this other cool. Yes, awesome. Let's fucking do it." And then they show us this fucking—it looked like the end of Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it and did. I'm just like. What is this bullshit? The Genosha Theater. It's a big room with a bunch of guys standing on invisible platforms yelling at each other. And like slapping each other's back like they were idiot. Like they were idiot bros. Watching. Yeah. What is this? It was dumb. This is not Kang. This is not even the Kang that we just spent two hours hanging out with. Could you imagine that Kang doing any of this shit? No. These were two of the worst post credit scenes. It was so frustrating. They were really bad. It's just like a lot of interesting concepts. I like the idea of doing a Guardians of the Galaxy style movie with Ant-Man in the quantum realm. That all sounds fun. The execution on it, though. No, it was bad. Not great. And it's it just it's it's unfortunate now that Marvel, like just like you said, I begrudgingly am seeing these movies. Yeah. Partially because I am a big nerd. Yeah. And I know a lot of people who are maybe listening to our rant for the first time might say we sound very pretentious and just like over the top douchey with our love for, but this is when you are passionate about something, especially uh, we are with things that shouldn't be this bad, no. especially cause we, like you said, we have seen good Marvel movies. Yeah. Like if you watch Captain America Winter Soldier. And understand that that's in this same world, you would not think so. No. And it was, I I wish we would go back to the time when they were making genre movies with different characters. Instead of making the same movie with the same special effects with just plucking different characters in it. Yeah. And it's not even like something where you have an interesting storyline. Let's let's take Aquaman, Mm -hmm. right? So you have an Aquaman movie and an Aquaman movie by the nature of Aquaman's powers, is going to be different than a Green Lantern movie. Yes. Right? The two are going to be different inherently because of the characters themselves. Mm -hmm. Marvel has scrapped that itself. Marvel has taken a character in The Wasp and equated her to a character in Captain Marvel. Those two characters are nowhere near the same power level. I love The Wasp. She is not not on that par. There's no concept here that makes sense. And then when you get into the minutia of... What about all the people that follow Kang? 
What about Scarlet Centurion? What about all these other characters that should have been here? I guess you could argue that he's in exile, so they wouldn't send his generals in exile mm -hmm. with him. But shouldn't there be something? Shouldn't there be someone trying to get Kang out from the, the quantum realm? There should be so much more here mm -hmm. than there is. And instead, we just get stupid stuff that distracts us from what we should be doing. And when we do get interesting things, they're immediately undermined by taking <laughs> characters that should have bigger roles yes. and just destroying them. Or taking things that we've seen in the movie mm -hmm. and getting rid of them. Yeah, And I just... We have a scene where they talk about how being in giant man form still causes the body stress. Because mm -hmm. Scott and Cassie are both craving limes because there's something about citrus that helps with the, the giant man thing. So there is a cost. Yes. So you're telling me there is a cost. And it's just, I get it. Scott's been practicing all these other things. Scott also talks about how he's out of the superhero game for the first half of this movie. Yes. You can't and have it both ways. His daughter ways. talks about how he's out of the superhero yeah. game. She actually like criticizes him yeah. for not wanting to she help She says people. you could do so much more than write books. Yeah. How is this the movie that we get? You have all of these parts here. It, it reminds me in a lot of ways of how Black Widow, you get to the end, and you're like, wait, Taskmaster is a villain, but he's not the villain? Mm -hmm. Oh, and he's not even Taskmaster. You had all of the elements here. Everything here... Mm -hmm in different proportions, would make a good superhero story. Yeah. But in these proportions, it's just it's unsatisfying. Not. It's not bad in the sense of it's it just like you, you want to ram your head into the wall like Thor Love and Thunder, it's bad. Mm. But, and I told this to you in the car, it's middling. Yes. So when it is bad, you don't have anything to fall back on to be yeah. like, oh, but there's this, so that's cool. It's just middling, and then it goes into bad, and then it comes back up to middling, and then it goes back into yeah. bad. And it has one of the major complaints you and I both have about these Marvel movies that take place on Earth is none of the other heroes. And this is actually, you have a storyline where that doesn't come into play because they're under Earth or whatever you want to call it with the, the quantum realm. So it's like you had these, some of these issues we have with other movies we're not going to have in this, so now you just need to make a good movie. Yeah. And they just couldn't even just fucking couldn't do even that. couldn't even do that. And it's just, I wonder what these writers... Do these writers they get mm -hmm. to write these movies actually know the comic book? Well, I wonder how true is that ending of She-Hulk, where she walks into the writer's room and they're just talking about, you know, the most slapdash way of doing things and big, big flashy things and what's Kevin going to say? Yeah. Maybe that's actually that the might be accurate. Room yeah, that might be accurate. Of just like, we're not going to pick up a comic book to do any research into this. What's Kevin going to say? Yeah. Which, there got to be just so many writers out there who grew up as comic book fans where it's like, we need to get people who appreciate this yeah. and can write a cohesive story without making it stupid. Well, and it always shows through. When you have a person who is actually a fan of comics yeah. and they work on a project and they don't have producers and other people come in telling them how the project should be going, it fucking turns out amazing. Yeah. Which, it still remains to be seen if they live up to their promise and they stay away from Deadpool 3. Yeah. They said they were going to leave them alone to do what they want. Mm -hmm. If they do, we will get a great Deadpool 3. If Marvel sticks their fucking hands in it, we're going to have a problem. Yeah. And I'm not... No, like, I'm, not I'm scared now. Yeah. Like, this is like the, the Star Wars TV shows pre-Andor. After seeing Obi-Wan and, and Book of Boba Fett, we were terrified of yeah. Mandalorian 3. Yeah. Because we're like, if this is what they're doing now, what the... 
why would I have faith that this is going to yeah. work? What do we think's ever going to fucking happen? We look happen? at that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer, and it's just like, well, what makes me think that this is going to work? I look at Secret Invasion, I say, what makes me think this is going to work? Yeah. You took your primary villain, and you ruined their backstory. Yeah. What makes me think this is going to work? Why One would I think this is going to work? One of the oldest villains in the history of Marvel Comics. Why would I think this is going to work? Yeah. There's nothing here that I can point to to be like, oh, it'll work. It has Sam Jackson in it. Great. Cool. Yeah. Love it. Is it going to work? Oh, no, but we got Amelia Clark in it now. So oh, oh, that's it's, great. It's going right. to work. Yeah. Is she going to play Spider-Woman? The Mother of Dragons. No, I think she plays the Skrull. No, but that's my thing, is that Spider-Woman is the Skrull Queen. Yeah. Well, is she going to play Spider-Woman? No? <laughs> then what are we doing? Tom Holland's going to play Spider-Woman. He's you know? going to do a dual role. Mm. Frogmouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. We hope wanna, you enjoyed that episode. I, I am absolutely wiped out yeah, after that. I do want to end on a good note, which is that we brought up William Jackson Harper, who uh, played Quaz in this. Yes. Uh, fans of The Good Place will know him as Cheaty. And I just want to put my personal seal of approval behind the idea that he should play Superman next. He would make a dope fucking Superman. Because he's jacked as hell, but he looks so nebbish. That's so true. he could pull off the Clark Kent and then turn around and be Superman. That is true. He would look so fucking great as Superman. That'd be interesting. I'm very curious to see who they're going to Yeah, I really want to know what they're going to do. Yeah. All right, folks. NerdPod Generation's a big episode 90. We hope you enjoyed it. And if um, you want to know a little bit more about us personally, you can look me up at sjlbooks.com. I just, you could make so many good Ant-Man stories and you haven't made any of them. I don't understand. <laughs> Watch the first, like, I think it's the fourth episode of Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and you will see what an Ant-Man story should be, as opposed to what it is. Yes. You can find me at JetsumStudios.org under the Proxy tab. And until next week, I'm going to sleep. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to call it at this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs>